0: Ladies and gentlemen,
1: welcome to Silva and
0: Gold! Coming to the ring from parts unknown, the combined weight of 853 pounds, Pick a Loaf and Dr.
2: Zom! And farts, burps and farts And communist propaganda Welcome to Sylvan Go Daddy We're back finally A uh, little uh, technical snafu Last week, kind of paused For a bit, but We are back in your ear holes to talk about Some uh, depressed assassins In foreign countries Or something I am the loaf and with me
1: Dr. Zahn Guten Tag
2: uh, yeah, so the f- the films this week are Confessions of a Dangerous Mind from, what year was that, 2002? Yes, and uh, in in Bruges. Where the hell is Bruges? From 2008. We will get to those soon. Zom, how are you, sir? I'm doing good.
3: I have some coffee. I had some Gouda cheese.
2: Mm.
3: Uh, what else did I have? I had some... Uh, I tried some kind of souffle. It was like a vegetable souffle last night, which was gluten free, and it was delicious.
2: Nice. I've uh, been been wrestling with the uh, intertubes this week. Um, <laughs> I uh, so so at my previous place, I said this on the Facebook group, but I worked for I or I, I used AT and T U Verse for over six years, and I never once had an issue. And um, Zom and I uh, had a little rendezvous in Charlotte, North Carolina, and we're going to record a show afterwards on Sunday. But I come home to discover my new, shiny new Time Warner service that I've had all of two weeks is already out. Whoa. Uh, just a blinking light on the modem. So I called Time Warner Tech Support and four different people told me all to unplug my modem and plug it back in. <laughs> so, I did that, and it didn't change anything. So, they sent me... Well, at first, they said, oh, come back. Uh, or, uh, we have to send out a technician. So, not come back. We're going to send somebody out. When are you available? I was like, well, I work every day. Okay, um, we could send people out between, like, 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. I'm like, that doesn't work. I work every day. Um, so, finally, we've decided on a day a week from the present. So I'm like, fucking A, so... Had to cancel the show. Well, anyway, wow. later that night, they randomly called me back, a higher-up tech support guy, and had me restart my modem and um, told me, oh, we just need to get you a new modem. Your modem doesn't work. Okay, great. So we're going to send you to such-and-such such place tomorrow to pick up a new one. All right, great. I know where that is. So I go there, and I get there, and the guy's like, oh, we don't handle hardware here. You have to go to this address. I'm like, oh, great, thanks. So I go to that address. This is all Monday morning. Um, and, uh, I get to that place, no problem, switch out the modem, they give me a giant one with a wireless router where I had this tiny one before, don't need a wireless router, I already have one, but anyway, get home, set it up, and plug it in, and it blinks just like the other one. So, <laughs> <laughs> I call tech support again. Four different people all tell me to restart the modem, one of which hung up on me while putting me on hold, transferring me to someone else. So one hour later, Ooh, they're like we have to send out a technician. I'm like, okay, great. So uh, this time they were able to get one out two days afterwards. Um, so I had to wait for that, and then randomly uh, the night before the technician was to arrive, um, my it just started working again. Nice. So
3: it was probably <laughs> I've had that, and they go through all that bullshit, and what it is is there is actually a problem. For everybody. I mean, like they're working on something or the lines yeah. are down or something. And they go through all that bullshit and tell you, oh, no, there's no maintenance or anything going on. And then suddenly, uh, after two days, it just starts working. Yeah, So,
2: well, you it know, it bullshit. was them. Yeah. they Somebody just tripped on a cable. Forgot to plug it back in, I think. Um, so, uh, as I mentioned last week, uh, we did not record a show. Um, Zom and I, uh, we met up in... The world famous and one of the um, top 15 uh, fastest growing poverty cities in the <laughs> United States, Charlotte, North Carolina. <laughs> is it? <laughs> yeah. Wow. I, 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 I linked an article. There's uh, of the top 15 fastest growing cities with poverty, or sorry, fa- where their poverty, poverty is fastest growing, four of them are in North Carolina. Yeah. Well. So. Uh, but yes, we went to a little uh, wrestling convention. That same thing, same thing we went to last year. Yeah, um, it was uh, it was quite fun. We got to watch a couple movies, but for the most part, it was watching old wrestling and watching decrepit old grumpy men and
3: watching each uh, other lay on the bed and yeah. <laughs> eat and fart. And yeah, good
2: yeah. times. I, I still have the uh, bag of tr- of snacks that I bought sitting here on the floor. It hasn't even been put away.
3: Um, that I'm telling you what, people, that um, it in the end it was a good trip. Yeah. But I guess any trip where you travel and not only that, but just even being there and there were some there was some stuff that happened while we were there. There was some stuff that happened just trying to a couple of days before and there was shit that happened on the way and it was just like it, I, I'm I, my brain I I think I just have like rage problems or something because and persecution problems because I immediately go into uh even though I'm a fucking atheist I immediately go back to my con- uh, brainwashing conditioning of a child that god is against me uh and I fucking am s- swearing and going completely berserk in my car Because my GPS wouldn't recognize the address. Um, Even though I was right on time to let my dogs off. uh, Go out in the parking lot of the kennel. And the goddamn GPS wouldn't recognize the address. And I had just updated it probably a few weeks before. So I thought I did something wrong. So I had to drive all the way home. Uh, Even though it said it was updated when I hooked it up. I updated it again. And it just I finally got it to work. Well, what it usually is, is I'll put in an address, and then because I'm in West Virginia, it'll say searching West Virginia. Well, then you can click on that thing, and it says, you know, it doesn't find anything. So you click the thing and then put in Charlotte, and it says, okay, Charlotte, North Carolina. It offers up right. these options. So you pick Charlotte, North Carolina, and it searches there, and it works. That's the way it's always worked. Wouldn't work. So what I had to do, how I finally figured it out, was um, from the very beginning, I I just picked North Carolina and started in North Carolina and then went from there and it worked. So that knocked some time off because, you know, you want to get there when it's like a six-hour drive and be yeah. on time on schedule because I knew, you know, it's meeting you and everything. And I forgot about the fact that you had to pick the tickets up by 5 o'clock,
1: <laughs>
3: then hitting traffic and, you know, every time I would, Loaf would say, well, how far are you out? If I said 20 minutes, as soon as those <laughs> words came out of my mouth. Traffic on the interstate would come to a complete stop. that happened about three or four times, finally got there, but anyway, then there was the window problem
2: yeah, so we go we go out Sunday morning <laughs> after the whole thing 's over, and um, after Ricky Morton almost broke my wrist, well we and, were actually
3: um, going to stay and watch wrestling
2: <laughs> right that um, night, yeah yeah yeah. that, we night, were, that it, afternoon we were we were going we were going to watch the show at the end. Um, I was feeling a little under the weather, we were going to go get some food or whatever. And uh, we go outside, and my, my fucking uh, window, my passenger side window, was not there. And I saw it from a distance at first. I'm like, son of a bitch, somebody broke my window. Well, no, somebody didn't break my window. The window broke itself and just <laughs> fell down inside the door. So I had to leave, ended up leaving early to get it taped up at Sears so I didn't have to drive three hours back home. After, to,
3: after we waited three hours for an 8x10 photo.
2: <laughs> of Sabu. And then and, had um, the
3: guy... Beg us, like, practically get on his knees. And this is no joke. This guy, he, the the wrestling (laughs) convention was through one company. Well, then this other company is having another one in, like, the end of November. And they were there. And... So this guy was like, "I don't want this to ref- please. Don't let this reflect bad on us. They have this set up weird. It's not us." And then and he asked Loaf and I. He goes, "Are you going to the one? In, are you coming to the one in November, which is the one they're doing?" And and I was like, "Well, I don't know." And Loaf said, "Well, I don't know." And he goes, "Oh my god!" He goes, "I've already lost two people. Oh my god!" He's begging us. I, I told the guy, I "said, dude, because he must have came over." 10 times in like a a two-and-a-half, three-hour period and saying, I just went and talked to them. They said it's only going to be a couple more minutes. Well, finally, you got (laughs) irritated faster than I did. And and I kept thinking, oh, my God, I hope these guys aren't working us. Like we're going to end up – they're just going to leave, you know, and we're wasting our time. So finally, I just went over and I said, "Um, could you just give me a couple of fucking 8 by 10s or a t shirt or something, because I paid 20 bucks for this picture with Sabu. And um, the guy's like, he starts looking, and then he goes over to the, they're looking through the t shirts, and he goes, all we have is small and large. And I was like, well, that doesn't do me any fucking good. I can't wear either one. So I ended up giving, to, to, he goes, just take one, just take this large. Just
2: take, just take a I, I, I unfolded it in a, it's uh, it has a lot of writing on it. <laughs>
3: Does it even? I mean, I didn't even know what it said.
2: It has his. It well, it's like some like Sabu something World Tour, and it has a bunch of cities listed. And then on the back, it has his slogan, like the. Strangely, he wouldn't
3: give know. us one the, one of the red ones, which was the cool one for the next event. <laughs> the rest, yeah, yeah. I thought that one looked cool. And then Sabu, who is a fucking goofball. I mean, I've seen <laughs> enough interviews with him. He's a fucking goofy <laughs> guy. He's like. Hey, hey, hey! Here's your picture. This one picture, this one eight by ten, set on this table, <laughs> probably all weekend, and it was of him and some dude, some stranger, fan, you know. And he goes, "Here's your picture," and I'm like, "He goes," t- and I was like, "That's not me." And he goes, "Yeah, it is. Take it. It's you. Look, it's you." <laughs> I'm like, ah, and he tries to get me to take this fucking picture. So anyway.
2: Yeah. Um, well, I ended up having to leave ugh. because the the only place I could find on a Sunday to Whoops. basically not fix my window because that was going to be impossible just to get it up because it was stuck down on the door and it would not roll up. I have automatic windows. And um was Sears and it was about 30 minutes on the way home. Um, and I, they closed at five. So I ended up having to leave early and I went and sat in Sears and read a book and, uh, <laughs> And they taped my window up. And no lie, I didn't know if I told you this. The um, the following day, well, I called out. I called out of work on Monday because I was still sick. But on Tuesday, on the way to work, uh, I was driving and I heard a pop. And I looked over and the tape had broken, and my window was wow. burp, 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 going down. Shit. So I had to leave the window rolled down in the parking lot all day. Um, luckily, my car is dirty and smells weird and has nothing of value, so nobody stole anything. And it didn't rain, no, so I had to the go. To, yeah, I had to go to the Honda dealership. Who Oddly, their garage is open till eleven at night, um, and my but my window was fucking four hundred dollars to fix. So Jesus,
3: which made you feel even better about going to the wrestling thing and buying shit, right?
2: (laughs) Buying a whole stack of photos that. Well, and that's another
3: thing. Before I went to the wrestling convention, I thought, well, you know, something's kind of making a metal on metal grinding kind of (laughs) sound when I when I make a left turn. Right, at a slow rate of speed. So I thought, well, it's probably the brakes or whatever. So I took it in to get it fixed. And while I had it in there, you know, this car I've had for eight years and have never had anything with the oil changed. I mean, had the brakes, you know, the pads, some new pads put on a couple times. But that's about it. And new tires, but nothing else. And I ended up spending $1,900 before <laughs> I went to this convention
2: oh, Jesus. to
3: get several things fixed on my car. Uh, which is better than having a car payment, that's for sure, you know. But yep, still, yep. Uh, that uh, I'm like you. I mean, that's kind of like then I go down there and I'm like just spending fucking money on stupid shit. But
2: you know, you gotta have fun. <laughs> yeah, we had way. fun.
3: Who gives a fuck? Fuck you, God.
2: Uh, yeah. I so, um, did you get yes. to watch any movies this week, or Well, since we last recorded, I guess I don't even what was was it you and was it you and Elgora? I don't even remember the last show we did. We um,
3: did planet of the apes or no we that, did that was on we did planet was on... Of the, the planet of the apes and uh beneath planet of the apes on talk without rhythm and we did Yodorowski J- or uh Hodorowski or how i mean like jodo every, or yeah yeah
2: and, and, okay yodorowsky's jodorowsky's, jodorowsky's yeah. no 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 we did the sorry we did the one with gronky last time yeah, where yeah, we yeah. just the the failed attempt at a uh, the failed attempt at fucking table. everything. <laughs> okay, so we are talking about movies this week. Um, so what if have you what have you been watching? Okay, it's well, been a little while. I'll but...
3: start with we, th- we. There was a possibility we were going to review these two movies. I'm going to start with, but number one, the first one, which is Dead in Tombstone from 2013, <laughs> which we watched at the Hilton in Charlotte. Yeah. Neither one of us. I think we probably could have talked about it, but number 1 it wasn't memorable enough and number 2 um I don't know if we were either one of us was paying that close of attention.
2: Yeah, it was kind of on my iPad. This is yeah. a this is a um a Danny Trejo Mickey uh, Rourke. Yeah, Mickey Rourke is in it a bit and Anthony Michael Hall is the other lead um it is a kind of a supernatural western mm-hmm. and uh trejo is uh, trejo and anthony michael hall are like the co-leaders of a gang and they turn on trejo and he dies and goes to hell and uh mickey Rourke is, is the, devil, the devil and he looks very puffy
3: kind of fat and <laughs> yeah and yeah fat on top of all that gross past plastic surgery
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah and and basically he makes a deal with the devil too i i will get you Six fresh souls for mine if you let me go back. So it's Trejo as a kind of a zombie, sort of, yeah, uh, sort of, or, kind of, yeah.
3: But I mean, it was worth watching, especially yeah, in that atmosphere. Right. You know, we were It was ready.
2: better than I thought it would be. Sure. Yeah.
3: Um, then I watched another. The other one was the other movie that uh, we watched uh, from 2013 by Spike Jones. It's called Her. Yeah. Jack, Joe, Quinn, Phoenix. And uh, Amy Adams, Scarlett Johansson, um, the dude from Guardians of the Galaxy, which I don't know his name. He wasn't in it that much.
2: But Chris Pratt.
3: This movie was – I told Loaf I saw the trailer for it in the theater when I went to see something. And I was like, man, this I don't want to watch this shit. Wow, that that doesn't look
2: good. <laughs>
3: but then everybody kept telling me how good it was, so we watched it. Um, we watched And Joaquin Phoenix, I'm looking at his picture on the cover of this on IMDb, and if you shaved the sides off of his mustache, he has a perfect Hitler mustache. Um, He could play (laughs) Hitler. So just think about that, Joaquin, Um, like a zombie.
2: If you're listening,
3: and Armand Zola and Modoc could bring Hitler's brain back to life. Um, So anyway, that has nothing to do with her, kind of maybe. But Scarlett Johansson is not in this at all, other than her voice, right? this movie could possibly be depressing,
2: <laughs> just a little bit. Just
3: a little bit, maybe. Especially if you're in a certain frame of mind. Uh, but it's 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 too far. <laughs> It's good. Um, yes. If you have an internet addiction, um, it could make you like think, Jesus Christ, you know, we're not too far from this anyway. Especially if you get on the, online and talk to women about sex. Um, eh, brr, what? Um, so anyway, it was good. And you know, I liked it. Spike I Jones liked it a lot. is yeah, pretty interesting.
2: I watched it twice last week. So I watched it once before I went to Charlotte, and then the other time the Wi-Fi in the hotel was so shitty that I in my uh, immense wisdom decided to try to stream it via my cellular service over iTunes, and um I ate up my entire month's worth of data <laughs> in one night and had to buy extra. So I've now I've now have uh 600 megs left to use. Um, out of ten gigs for until the twenty third of this month so we,
3: we kind of watched this one in <laughs> chunks because it you know trying to to get it to play yeah. um, let 's see here I watched now see i can 't remember if I talked about this one or not because we 've had some weird shows yeah. uh, with that one guy who Showed up completely unprepared and with El Goro, who <laughs> is always prepared, uh, and you know, whatever. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I watched The Face of Love from 2013. Did I talk about this?
2: I don't remember that one.
3: It was directed by Ari Posen and uh-huh. it starred Ed Harris, uh, Annette. Be- well, Annette Benning's the main person, Ed Harris, and Robin Williams. And okay, I liked this movie. First of all, Annette Bening hasn't been in anything in a, in a while that I've seen, and she was pretty hot there for a while. You know, she's married to Warren Beatty and everything. Um, in the movie Grifters with John Cusack, she was really hot. But Ed Harris is—it's just kind of cool to see him in, you know, something where he's not uh, crazy or a killer or something like that. And that's, it's a—that's him a lot lately, isn't it? Yeah, but I mean, it's a love story. It's—it's it's good. <laughs> Uh, it has kind of a strange concept, but, um, it's middle of the road. It's not great. I just liked seeing him in something like that. Um, I watched IMDB, go back one. Uh, I reviewed this movie on Cult of Murder, Murder. Um, which is called Mechanic from 2013. Uh, it was directed by Josh C. Waller and stars David Morse and, um, Syrian Hines, and that guy Corey Monteith, who I guess was on Glee, which I never watched and don't know anything about other than he's dead. Uh, listen to Cult of Muscle if you want to uh, hear about uh, that movie. We reviewed another one, and I didn't write it on the list, but it's Money Exchange, which is very pretty good. I thought it was really good. It's an Australian crime movie. Uh, it's on Netflix, too. Mechanic is on Netflix. Uh, I watched and listened to Cult of Muscle. Yeah, too. me. I watched an indie movie from 2001, very low budget. Hell, I didn't even look to see how much they spent on it, but it's probably like forty bucks. Um, it, well, geez. <laughs> <laughs> Opening weekend in the U.S., it made six hundred and ninety dollars, and grossed in the U.S. one thousand four hundred sixty-five dollars. But this is very a very small. Uh, low, like I said, super low budget movie. So I'm sure it wasn't in like uh, hardly yet. maybe like one theater. It's on right. Netflix now. It's worth a watch. It's good. Um, it's called uh, Virgil Bliss from 2001. Bliss. I always do those S's like a S. Um, Bliss. It stars people you don't know: Clint Jordan, Kirsten Russell, Anthony Gorman, and it's basically about a um, a, a uh, kind of a career. Uh, Prison guy, he's been in prison for a long time, and he gets out and is on parole, goes to a halfway house, and some of the stuff that happens. Um, just a nice little movie. Uh, kudos to Joe Maggio, who fucking wrote and directed it. Uh, That's Netflix engine watch, which I probably already said. Now, I watched too much to... Much to the chagrin of everybody in our group, probably, and everybody that <laughs> it likes movies, I watched You Don't Mess with the Zohan again. Uh, get,
2: wait, you've seen this before?
3: Oh my god, I've probably seen this ten times. <laughs> <laughs> now, I will say this. The best parts of the movie are just in the first maybe 15 or 20 minutes when he is still an Israeli like soldier and special ops guy and then once it gets to where he's a hairstylist <laughs> in the United States to me it loses kind of its its oomph. but it's now what was the movie we watched um and you didn't realize that there was a second part to it
2: oh um Um, uh, stripes
3: stripes yes well that's kind of how this movie is i can watch the first 15 or 20 minutes of it and laugh my ass off and then i can't even hardly tell you that much about the rest of it but (laughs) lots of hummus uh and
2: (laughs) lots of hummus
3: it's there's i mean it's a running joke the hummus thing is a running joke so then and that's probably why i watched it because i was actually fucking eating hummus while i was fucking watching (laughs) i went and bought hummus at like four o'clock in the morning the other day well it wasn't that late it was even earlier than that, which is weird for me. Um, let's see. I watched Godzilla versus Mega, Meg, uh Jiris, or Gurias, or erus That's the kind of a uh, wasp-like thing. Yes. And uh, I liked it. I thought it was pretty good. I don't like bugs, and I don't like things crawling on me. So there was a period in this movie where Godzilla is being attacked by these... Fucking like a swarm of wasps, but they're, I mean, probably they would be as big as a car to us, but to him, it would be like if a wasp the size of a dog was jumping on a person, or maybe like a chihuahua to him. I mean, to us, but to him, you know. But anyway, I don't like that. So I was kind of rooting for him, but still, he was an <laughs> asshole in this one, which was good. That was uh, directed by Mas- Masaki Masaka- Tezuka. And it starred Masato Tanaka. Masato Tanaka, the wrestler. I think he did make a, an appearance in this, if I remember. Nice. Well, that's his name. But, I mean, I'm pretty sure I read that one time. Uh, Shosuke Tanahara and Masato Ibu. I just had to do that because sometimes Ibu. it's funny. But I didn't butcher it too much, so it wasn't that funny. Uh, I watched again uh, Pacific Rim. Good movie. Check it out. Uh, <laughs> Big Fish. Uh, have you seen Big Fish?
2: I haven't seen, I've seen Big Fish once and it was in the theater. I haven't seen it since then. Uh,
3: If you have dad issues, some people say it makes them cry.
2: I think they grow every year, so maybe I need to watch it again.
3: It got me a little misty toward the end, but I like the movie. I just like the whole concept of it. Very good. Um, And I watched Drinking Buddies, which I have seen before and I recommend. It's on Netflix Instant. That's my big recommend for the for the week 2013's drinking buddies by directed and written by joe schwanberg uh stars olivia wilde jake johnson anna kendrick and ron livingston um i don't know if this is a hipster movie or not but it's it sort of is but if you watch it and you don't have a girlfriend you'll be like
0: Man, I wish I worked with Olivia Wilde and she liked me. Um,
3: and I watched that movie, I Am Not a Hipster, which for some reason I forgot about. And I watched 45 minutes. Now, you saw that?
2: Uh, no, I, th- I thought you did. I've, I I've rem- Maybe you just posted it on my wall once.
3: Probably. Um, I watched 45 minutes of it. Now, some people, if you've seen it and you think it's good, let me know. Because I'm not sure I'm going to go back and watch it because I turned it off because... This guy was just unpleasant. I mean, you know, <laughs> if that's uh, I, I just I I don't know. I, I, there's it's a it's a dad son movie, and I never even got to that point. Uh, the dad just showed up, but they have issues, and I was just like, man, I don't care about this guy. You know, I, I he's he's very unpleasant, and I hope he dies. <laughs> so that's it.
2: Um. I had a pretty awful week for movies. Um, <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, at least it was for movies and not <laughs> Yeah,
2: well, uh, pretty normal otherwise, which usually is awful. Um, yeah. the So I started watching a movie on, uh, on YouTube while we were in Charlotte, and I passed out at 20 minutes in, not because of the movie, just because I was tired. Yep. Um, but uh, I finally finished it when I got home. Um, it is Ebola syndrome. Yeah. Now uh you know, with all the talk about Ebola, and I think somebody posted it on the Gentleman's Guide group. Uh so I finally just checked it out. I'd never seen it. This stars Is Anthony this a Wong. A date movie. A date movie? Like take a Chick too. Yes, definitely. This honestly might be the sleaziest movie I've ever seen. Um there's uh, tons of rape. Um, there's tons of people getting Ebola and throwing up on each other and um murder and um the consumption of human flesh, um, yeah. So uh, Anthony Wong is really disgusting in it, and he has a mustache and half of it that looks really gross. And <laughs> it was—I mean, this movie certainly isn't for everybody. I watched the whole thing. I—I I feel a little dirty saying I liked it. I guess I did. <laughs> I mean, it did. It definitely. Uh, now, one of the one of the the. Genres listed on on imdb as comedy uh, I, if you laugh at this you're something's probably wrong with you <laughs> unless you're just laughing at how re- how <laughs> disgusting it is um, <laughs> um it's it's not for everybody i'll just say that but yeah anthony wong is really gross um it's it's something <laughs> and um i was paranoid about uh keeping my hands very clean at work for a couple of days after washing it um I watched, um, so this is where the, the shit streak started. Um, I decided, (laughs) (laughs) no, well, no, this, so when my internet was out, um, I'm very lazy about pulling out DVDs. Uh, they usually just sit under the couch. So, um, I was getting digital movies. I just started going through digital movies since I didn't have Netflix and Hulu and all that. Um, so I just started going through my list of stuff I hadn't seen, and one of which was uh, Angels Die Hard. It's a biker movie starring William Smith, Smith and it sucked. Man. It was really boring. Um, I think I fell asleep in the middle, but I can't remember. Did he rape I can't anybody? Even remember how the, what?
3: Did he rape anybody? No. Did uh, he like have that weird look like when he would be going to fight a guy, like he was going to come? He always has this weird yes, he did kind he, of he,
2: weird look he did not have facial hair um like he usually does yeah. He was clean shaven this is 1970 so i don't know how early on this was for him either so Very young and there's a guy named tom baker in it who is not the doctor who tom baker i didn't even know who it was exactly if, i
3: would i would watch a movie of that william smith menaced and raped doctor who tom baker
2: <laughs> um if it's he, not good. especially
3: if he was doctor who
2: <laughs> yeah exactly awesome <laughs> Um, angels die hard it sucked um, then I watched uh, Blackenstein or black Frankenstein and it was really bad um, oh my god it was it's awful black it doesn't star stuff. anybody I've ever heard of um, it's a uh, it's a veteran that l- he's lost his arms and legs and his girlfriend who happens to be a some sort of PhD doctor something or other also knows a guy that is working with uh, limb replacement um, and replaces his limbs, and the Igor of the movie is pissed that she doesn't like him, so he poisons the guy's treatment and he turns into Black Frankenstein. And it's stupid. Um, it wasn't good. Uh, let's see. I watched another shitty one. <laughs> Metal Storm, The Destruction of Jared's Sin. Uh, this is a post-apocalyptic kind of Mad Max slash Star Wars ripoff, I guess, and it was really boring too um might have been neat in 3d you could tell it was originally released in 3d and back in 83 um you could tell the parts that were lots of laser beams firing directly into the screen and stuff but uh, some of the makeup looked okay but man this i don't know it was pretty boring too um i don't even remember how it ended either jesus you're having that was all three bad week three in one day those are all in the same day too Ugh. yeah that was the day i was home sick on monday mm. Um and then another horrible one. Uh I was a teenage zombie. Jesus. Uh, for, this one was on Hulu. Um, you know there
3: are good movies that like are verified <laughs> good from the start that you're pretty much yeah, I you know. look at the ratings well, and shit.
2: The the, the <laughs> thing about this one I was I was just randomly flipping through Hulu and it was like they had a, a, a category that said um, shitty
3: movies that you'll fucking hate and waste your it time it was like
2: it was like midsummer screams or something like that and they just had a bunch of horror movies I'm like yeah let's watch a horror movie and uh the the cover that they have on hulu is a criterion i'm like oh maybe it's kind of a weird little indie film made at criterion or something it's from 1987 um but I think the one they have on Hulu, it must be a fake cover because there's no fucking way this is a Hulu, this is a Criterion movie. So I, when I saw the Criterion <laughs> horror movie, I was like, yeah, that might be good. And I started watching it and it's 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 pretty awful. Um, the guy that's supposed to be the teenage zombie does not even become a fucking zombie until, so the movie's an hour and a half long. It takes them an hour to, or more to become a zombie. It's pretty bad. Um, so I red boxed the, the new uh, the Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was finally getting back to something decent. It wasn't great. Um, ben Stiller I liked a lot in it. Kristen Wiig is 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 likable certainly. Um, the um, I don't know. Uh, uh, Bernie was saying that the original is a lot better. I, I I'd be curious to see it because I I did I didn't I didn't know the story exactly what it is. Um, but this guy Walter Mitty works in this one for Life magazine, and they're getting put out of business, and it's his job to get this photo for the final cover, but it's not like he can't find it. Like, And he's got this relationship with this very eccentric, hard-to-find photographer who has sent him this roll of film and said, number 25 is your, you know, that's your cover, blah, blah, blah. But 25 is missing out of the roll. So, um, you know, he's a very, like... He's very reserved and everything, but and he always has these, I guess his secret life, he always has these kind of fantasies, and he kind of dozes off in reality when everybody's looking at him like, dude, where'd you go? Like, he's kind of staring off into nothing. But having these fantasies like, you know, walking through the snow or having this giant fight on the street, and there, I mean, some of the, you know, it's CGI and whatever, but he goes, he, he's convinced to go and look for this photographer to find the last photo for the last Life magazine, the last print version of Life magazine, um, eh, it's all right. I mean, it's a good family movie. Honestly, you could, you could watch this with kids or whoever. It's like rated PG. I um, have to go
3: find some family with kids.
2: Yeah, to yeah, take yeah <laughs> me too. <laughs>
1: um,
2: I could have done worse, but I was getting better. Um, I started zipping through the the pinned YouTube uh, YouTube movies post on our Facebook group. Mm-hmm. And I saw one, I think this was in there, because I, I kind of did that th- that wormhole thing where you click on one and you see something on the sidebar and yeah. you click on that. Um, this w- was One Man Force from 89. Oh, yeah. Uh, John <laughs> Matuzak. Matuzak Is that his name? Yeah, Mat- Matu- Matuzak. Uh <laughs> This was pretty good. Um, I mean, for a direct-to-video, I guess it was direct-to-video, uh, action movie from the late 80s, I mean... Matuzak, I'll just say it, I'm not surprised when I read that he died of a heart attack, probably from cocaine yeah, later in the year of this man. movie. Yeah, he he half the movie he's like yelling or something. His shirt is always unzipped or unbuttoned, and he's <laughs> he kills one dude with a refrigerator. He literally picks up a whole refrigerator and runs and crushes the guy against the wall. Uh, and he's a he's a cop, and he's like he's a head taller than everybody else. It's pretty fun. Um, there's some pretty cool stunts in it. Um, you can certainly do worse than this. And on the sidebar of this movie, I saw Marked Man from nineteen ninety-six. This is a Rowdy Roddy Piper movie. Um it's a fugitive ripoff entirely. Uh it's all right. Uh, you know, it was it was it's forgettable, but not offensive if you like direct-to-video stuff. I mean, and you, I like Roddy Piper gets in a lot of fist fights in it, and I really always enjoy him doing his uh, wrestling selling in movies. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, he does some wrestling moves. He gives He does a drop kick at one point, which is pretty cool. So, um, but it, you know, cool little Roddy Piper movie. He's not crazy like he usually is. He's pretty low key in this. But.
3: What year is this one?
2: Ninety six. Hmm. And he's dating a girl. Now they don't say how old he is in the movie, but he's dating a girl in it. Who, after you see her, you see her birthday. Um, she's only twenty three, so so mm. he would have been like fifty when he did this. Well,
3: was he in pretty good shape in this, or was he kind of? Yes, pretty-
2: he was. He was very. He was very in shape. This was WCW era Roddy Piper. Okay. Um, let's see. And I watched today. Well, oh, last night after work, um, I watched. I went to go see Guardians of the Galaxy. What? I know. Um, I wasn't. I don't know. After after we so Zom and I we kind of had it on the back burner in Charlotte and I never I don't know I never felt like the oomph to go see it after I saw the initial trailer I was like oh yeah this looks great and blah 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 and that was about you know six yeah. months ago and then and you it just kind of fizzled. Trailers too. I know. Well, I I was forced to watch this one. Like, it was one of those. It's, it was playing in a theater when I saw something else. I think it probably was before Godzilla or something. And um. Uh, the um, oh man, I just lost a listener there. The <laughs> what? <laughs> Talk uh, about me. The, this is yeah. Just kidding. This was really good, actually. Um, this is it is certainly Marvel universe. The but it doesn't feel it's not it's not quite on the same like it's
3: cosmic Marvel. Yeah, they, it's not on the com- same. Their cosmic stuff is sometimes interacts with the regular stuff but here lately they've been kind of keeping them separate
2: i think they're going to they're going to tie this together somehow oh, yeah. i'm sure um you know you got some you got some thanos action in there and i don't see the universe comics i've ever read have always been dc so i don't know a lot i, I remember i read infinity gauntlet probably when i was a teenager and that's the last i even have mm. knowledge of you know galactus and um, Adam Warlock and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Silver um, Surfer. Silver Surfer, right? Um, I'd be, it'd be interesting to see. I don't know that they will because for whatever reason, Marvel has all that fragmentation with their, you know, who does which movies. So the, there's never any, there's not crossover with some things. Um, this will probably end up crossing over with Avengers, but it would be really cool if they could get the Fantastic Four involved, but I don't know that they ever will. Yeah. Um, this is this I, I like this quite a bit. Um it uh Chris Pratt is very charismatic. He's really good. Um and I actually really liked uh Batista's <laughs> performance Batista's performance in it. Um he, Sorry. His, his character I don't remember the 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 race of alien Who'd he said Batista? Batista, yeah, he's actually really good. Um they 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 chose well with his role because he has a very uh the language he uses is very literal. So somebody says, I don't know if that's going to go over your head. He's like, nothing ever goes over my head. I'm very tall or something like, it's like that kind of thing. Like he's very literal and never understands anything. And like, uh, you know, Chris Pratt at one point does this thing like, you know, then you can do, and he does like the, the Chris Benoit, like thumb or Art Anderson thumb across the throat. Mm. And Batista's like, why would I slide my thumb across my throat? (laughs) That kind of thing. Mm. Um, the Groot character is really fun. And I don't know if there's any plans for it, but if there's ever a dancing Groot, and if you see the movie, <laughs> you'll know what I mean. Uh, it, I'm sure it would sell like crazy. So if there's a dancing Groot toy, um, you, sh- you should you'll you'll like it. You should go see it. It's a it's a um, go it is it is a sci-fi movie. It doesn't exactly feel like a superhero movie, um, although there are some super powered beings in it. Um,
0: I just couldn't and,
3: uh, eh, the uh the um, antisocial kind of a thing kicked in where I had cabin fever last night and I actually got ready, put on all my stuff, was just and just sitting there and I thought, okay, I'm going to go see Guardians of the Galaxy. And then I just pictured in my head the whole parking lot <laughs> being full of cars, there being a line to get in, the, the theater being jam-packed because it's Saturday night and I was like – why are you going to do this? Fuck this shit. Go in, in the afternoon, in the middle of the week, and it'll be okay.
2: Yeah, go see it. You'll, you'll, uh, you'll enjoy it. But yeah, but go see a matinee. It was still crowded. I went at, I, I went to a nine fifteen show, mm-hmm. and it was still really did you, crowded. Did
3: you see 3D or no 3D?
2: No, and I'm kind of glad I didn't because there's a lot of um, space flying where the you ships, ships are going vomited. upside down and shit. Yeah, that would have probably gotten me a little motion sick, but... Um, I saw the 2D version. Plus, the 2D version it was ten bucks. I can't imagine how much fucking IMAX was. Ten bucks. Yeah. Jeez. Um, and I uh, and I finished up today after I watched the movies for the show. I watched uh, I was in a Colin Farrell mood, and I've been wanting to watch this for a while. I watched Minority Report. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen it in years, mm-hmm. and still really good. Um, uh, Steven Spielberg and um. Uh, you know that little short guy. Uh, this the little <laughs> Max short guy. Max Tom von
3: Sydow. Ooh,
2: Max von Sydow's in it.
3: Oh, okay, he's short.
2: No, he's not short. Tom Cruise is short.
3: Oh, oh, yeah. He's got yeah. a big butt too. But I will say we're going to talk about this later when we review our our two movies. That there is one person that even Tom Cruise cannot rival with a big butt. Okay, but let's continue. <laughs>
1: yep,
2: yeah, and Minority Report still still really good. I like um,
3: Philip K. Dick. Uh, he had some interesting ideas.
2: Yeah, I'd like to. I've, I this one's based on a short story. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Blade Runner. Uh, he did what did he do? He did Total Recall. Um, what other stuff is his has been moved, changed into movies? Scanner Darkly, I've never seen. Um, Blade Runner, Piper's. I don't know if I recognize any of the other ones. Adjustment Bureau. That might be a. Sh- that's a short. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I still I still like Minority Report quite a bit. Um, I think I might have been in a bad mood today because some of the, I guess, typical Steven Spielberg humor in it wasn't really getting, winning me over today. <laughs> um, like the scene with uh, Tom Cruise going to the – when he's has his eyes bandaged and yeah. he goes to the refrigerator and he keeps pulling out rotten food. <laughs> I think it's supposed to be funny. I was just like, all right, all right, let's go. Um, anyway. That was it. That was all I watched.
3: Yay!
2: Yay! So we're just gonna think about break. all the
3: time you would have had if to do other things if you wouldn't have watched those shitty ones.
2: Four shitty. If I didn't, yeah, but watch you were sick. Four though, shitty though, so. movies. I was sick. so I was just lying there. But and I could have. But you know, I've got literally hundreds of movies that I could have watched that I would have enjoyed. And eh, yeah, I watched that horse shit. Well, at least <laughs> I learned. I have them, and now I know I don't never to watch them again. Yeah. Uh, oh, by the way, <laughs> fuck Barry Windham. Yes, Barry Wyndham, you fat jerk, fat fucking, lazy asshole. You're paid to pretend for a living, and now you can't even pretend to be happy. Although I heard Ricky, I heard speaking of being happy, I heard Ricky Morton on Stone Cold's podcast this week, and that guy, man, he was just like everything. It, like he hardly had anything bad to say about anybody. He was just like, yeah. But what's funny
3: love- is that, that, that they'll say that, and then you watch that fucking uh, DVD, and it's like, man. Dirty robes. They fucking. They pretty much. They raked him over the coals so bad it wasn't even funny. And I said, I said to Ricky Morton, you know, I wonder what. Uh, he couldn't seem to comprehend what I was saying. I said, I wonder what Dusty would think if he sees this And he goes, You watched it with Dusty? And I'm like, <laughs> yes. No. And he goes, I said, I was just saying, you know, I wonder when he sees this what he's going to think. And he goes, You think I give a fuck what he's <laughs> what he th- you know? But then he was in there fucking kissing him on the cheek and shit. So yeah. Whatever. Yeah.
2: But yeah, he was very happy to be on that show and he seemed like a like
3: Did he, he talk about how he almost broke your wrist?
2: No, he he's like, "Yeah, there's this dumb mark with a stupid mustache and I twisted his wrist around till he screamed like a girl." <laughs> I
3: didn't even see that. What was I doing? I remember you saying You
2: were talking to Obviously. uh I don't know if Cornette was over there, but you were talking to Bobby Fulton about something. It was that group of people, and his kids were over there, too. And I think I had just showed him that video.
3: But how did that come about? All I remember is when we walked away, you go, Jesus Christ, he fucking twisted my wrist. and
2: He said said something about wrestling being fake or whatever and took my hand and and just turned it over sideways. And I'm like, you asshole, it hurt.
3: Well, I like when those guys always, they'll do that shit, and they'll say, oh, you think wrestling's fake. Well, how about this? And I'm like, yeah, you just put me in a real hold, but that doesn't mean when you're in there wrestling that it's not <laughs> fake. It's still fake. You're not going in there breaking fucking uh, Tom Pritchard's fucking wrist. Nope. So, I mean, you know, give me a break, Ricky. And he's little too and old. Uh, he was very nice, though. He's funny. He was. He's, he's very funny.
2: 58 years old, that guy is.
3: My throat is still not completely... Uh, recovered from the bellowing uh tearing.
2: <laughs> that was a lot of fun.
3: It's getting better, but it's the other day I tried to uh when we did uh Cult of Muscle, I tried to do a Tommy Wildfire Rich and I couldn't do anything because my throat was still just I think I had uh <laughs> I, I hurt myself.
2: Uh that was that was cool. Yeah. And um so yeah. Anyway, good let's time, take a break. Good times. And uh we'll come back and talk about And let's go in chronological. We'll talk about Confessions of a Dangerous Mind after this.
0: Okay, and welcome back to another episode of Guess That Riff. With me on the show tonight, my first contestant is Mr. Fred Nurt. Fred, are you ready to guess that riff?
4: I sure am.
0: Okay, here's riff number one.
4: Ah, that's It's a Long Way to the Top by ACDC.
0: Fantastic, Fred. Okay, here's riff number two.
1: Hmm,
4: that one is Eagle Rock by Daddy Cool.
0: Fantastic, you're doing great, Fred. Now, this one's a tricky one. Guess riff number three. Hmm, that
4: one is I Walk the Line by Johnny Cash. Fantastic, Fred.
0: How did you know all those riffs?
4: Well, I listened to Love That Album podcast.
0: That's fantastic. Really?
4: Uh, no. That's what you told me to say, Dad.
0: Max, shh! I told you never to call me Dad during the promo. Go to lovethatalbum.blogspot.com or type in Love That Album, all one word, into iTunes. Listen to Love That Album. It might turn you into a rock geek. Or you might just con your son into making pitiful promos for your podcast.
2: He might be talking about junkyard dog.
1: Junkyard dog.
2: All right. Uh, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. Almost forgot. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is from 2002. Directed by our uh, our man crush, George Clooney. Uh, Zombie want to synopsize it, please?
3: Well, okay, it's Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. I was kind of rocked back in my chair. Um, uh, an adaptation of the cult memoir of game show empresario Chuck Baris, in which he purports to be a CIA hitman.
2: Hitman. Uh, this is... Now, I had forgotten that, um... Charlie Kaufman wrote this movie. What? Yeah. The um, I mean it's based on Chuck Barris's book as they said, but Charlie Kaufman did the screenplay, um, which would explain why I've always had this affinity for this movie because some, he does something right for my brain, something I really like about his his writing, um, you know, Eternal Sunshine and Senecty New York and Malkovich and Adaptation and all that stuff. Um, big fan. So uh, this is. The story, uh, tell you, this is a kind of a, what, maybe a 15-year little window in Chuck Barris' life. Um, Chuck Barris being the creator of, uh, he wrote a pop song at some point. And that's, kind of, I guess, how he got his name on the map. And then um, started creating these kind of off-the-wall, at the time, game shows, uh, television game shows. Like, uh, what's, what did he do? Newlywed Game and The Dating Game. Um, uh, the Gong Show, which I used to watch when I was a kid. Um, what do you know of other other shows that he did? Because those the, those would be the only that I only three that yeah, I had ever watched. Because they redid probably, those a couple times.
3: I can't remember other ones. I'm sure you know he was one of these ones that always had some shit, but I don't remember. Yeah,
2: he he um, what's what's the the interesting thing about it is. The, the, the way this character is presented. Now I'm curious if it's if it's done this like in the book, but Chuck Barris made, you know, he came up with all these he became the producer of all these game shows that were really kind of they're very popular, but they were kind of base level, uh uh little little dirty, um and just kind of made people look a little stupid, I think. And the way they presented in the movie, he wasn't particularly proud of this either. Um, you know, it was, his, it was his job on top of what he said. He says that he was an assassin for the CIA as well. And nobody really knows if that's true or not. Um, but the, um, well, there's a quote at the beginning, kind of sums it up well. He says, he says when you're young, your potential is infinite. You might do anything really. You might be Einstein. You might be DiMaggio. Then you get to an age where you might what what where what you might be you might gives way yourself. to what you have been. <laughs> yeah, gives way to what you have been. You weren't Einstein. You weren't anything. That's a bad moment. Um, uh. so, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and I I've always really dug the intro to this movie. Um, and here's here's where you could talk about. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sam Rockwell's big butt. <laughs> oh, ho, 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 ho.
3: Was it noticeable or is it just me?
2: See, I when I was looking, I was looking cuz I remember you'd said before that Sam Rockwell. Now Sam Rockwell I didn't mention this. Sam Rockwell plays Chuck Barris. And um for the first three for the first quarter of this movie, he doesn't mind showing his ass a few times. <laughs> um he's proud of that I was big looking, motherfucker. Cuz I've heard you say that, that Sam back. Rockwell has a has a big butt. I, I feel like it was more like He's got like, he had some love handles that kind of made the butt look bigger, but I don't know. Oh,
3: dude, he is, he's got a wide bubble <laughs> butt. I actually, I mean, honest to God, uh, oh, I started watching this, and at the, at the, the, uh, when he's standing catatonic kind of in front of the TV. Yeah. Completely naked. And then the scene with, him and Drew Barrymore by the refrigerator. Fuck a duck. Now, also, I have also studied his ass in other movies, including Matchstick Men and a couple of other ones where he was nude. He has such a big butt. It's awesome. I mean, it's just a big butt. I
2: uh, I, I like I like him a lot. I, I'm a big fan. J Lo and got fan. shit on the Rockwell. <laughs> um and uh but he you know he's standing uh you know catatonic in front of the television and they imply that he's standing there for days and days he's completely naked he's he's getting sores on his face for some reason maybe from scratching who knows his maid comes through and is vacuuming doesn't even look at the fact that he's standing there butt naked and the it doesn't matter the fucking wrestling convention when
3: the maid came in
2: <laughs> yeah um That's so gross and um but he uh, – and, 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 you know, it's, I'm sure it's a, it's a metaphorical moment just kind of being lost in that nothingness of television. But um, And a lot of the movie, like I think is – like the art direction in general is kind of uh, pointed towards that because, you know, this is a gentleman that made his public living uh, in, in television – So a lot of the um, sets and a lot of the the, the style of filming, um, even the color, is reminiscent of, you know, 60s television, when, um, you know, you had a lot of things would be filmed on set, not on site, but there's some really cool moments in this where the, um, uh, one in particular that sticks out in my head was when he's talking to um a producer somewhere I think at ABC about coming in for the date to like pitch the dating game finally and he's talking on the phone and instead of doing the split screen uh for you know one person on talking on one side one on the other they actually roll part of the wall of his apartment away and you see the guy in his office talking on the phone and Drew Barrymore like dances like this hippie dance twirling around between the two of them and then the camera pans back back to the fireplace and when it comes back again it it shows his normal apartment wall again and there's a lot of moments like that where the scene will change and it's pretty seamless but you don't really see a lot i I, I can't ever figure out if it's edited that way or if it was actually long shots because they do that quite often long i know that the
3: one the shot where he is the like nbc page Mm-hmm. And he and 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 his, the, they're walking the tour the tour through, yeah. And that's one shot. They would just run like as soon as they would get off camera, they would have to run around and sit in Change. a chair so it shows them again. You know, and be that was in really place. cool. Yeah, that was really that was really a, a they, cool.
2: Uh, they do that thing. a lot, and uh, and um, you know, good on Clooney for this. This might have been his first directed movie. I mean, I obviously, he hasn't done a lot. Um, let's Clooney. see, director Clooney. I like when six they, th-
3: they threw in the uh, Rosemary Clooney um, it, during the tour. He's like, and don't forget the Rose, uh, the, you know, the Rosemary <laughs> Clooney show. You
2: know, so kind of, he did. Um, yeah, this was the first one. This the first one he did, Good Night and Good Luck, which I saw at the Dollar Theater, and never saw it again. It's which I, I don't Theater remember anymore either. What's that? It's
3: not a dollar theater anymore either. Now
2: it's a two twenty five theater. Yeah. Um, I remember liking, but not loving, Good Night and Good Luck. Cause it was one I might need to revisit. That's been you know up to almost ten years, and then I haven't seen any of his other movies: Leatherheads, Ides of March, and Monuments Men, which you didn't really like all that much.
3: Uh, Leatherheads was really poopy,
2: yeah.
3: uh, and uh, Ides of March was fucking awesome.
2: Oh, was great it? Okay. Cast. Yeah. That has that has uh,
3: Gosling and uh, yeah. Giamani and uh, what's the guy uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh, nice. That's really good.
2: Um, and Clooney yeah, Clooney's in it. Right, right. He's on the. I remember him being on the poster. I remember that because we had that poster when at the theater, um, and it was like him and Gosling's face split down the yeah. middle. Yeah. But yeah, I've always dug the intro to this movie with him standing there watching TV. And you, there's a lot of voiceover in it of. Um, I I don't know if it's I don't know if it's uh the Chuck Barris voice reading what Kaufman wrote or if it's actually quotes from the book but um lots of flashbacks kind of woven into the film um <laughs> I love the one at the beginning with Michael Sarah <laughs> Michael Sarah Michael Sarah is is a is a baby in this movie this is 2002 so Sarah would have been shit probably 12 <laughs> um but he's like it's it's he's supposed to play young Chuck Barris and uh he's like in love with his neighbor, I g did he ever see was it his neighbor? I don't know, but this, this other little girl and he's like, Come on, lick it. It tastes like strawberries. Yeah. I think
3: that wasn't that his covert uh his covert name was Strawberry Dick.
2: <laughs> yeah, because he goes and finds her later. He finds out that this woman, this girl that he was in love with when he was a kid, now lives in Manhattan. He goes to visit her and she's like, Well, if it isn't Strawberry Dick Barris. <laughs> nice. I never um, did that. I never tried that. Yeah. Like, oh, come on, I'll bet you a dollar that it tastes exactly like a strawberry lollipop. Mm-hmm. Um But there's a lot of there's a lot of moments like that. Like he he is a kind of a I don't know if he's outcast or what, but he, maybe a normal teenager. He's always just out getting slapped by chicks and not, <laughs> not making out like everybody else. And um, but I like the I like the uh, where the the, the different s- scenes of him. He's trying to kiss this one girl, and it pans out, and everybody in the theater except for them <laughs> is making out. And then it shows the theater again, and he like <laughs> he's obviously t- whipped his cock out and trying to do the the <laughs> maybe Christ? hole hole in the bottom of the back popcorn bag trick yeah. or something he's like hey look what i got here and she sees his cock and starts crying and re- leaves and then there's two old people making out in the- <laughs> oh, shit, <yeah. laughs> uh you know silly stuff but um but the the all throughout the film i love the i love the, the 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 stylized look of it like i said the the color the blown out color um in addition to the long panning shots it's it's, it's very contrasty um like, uh, especially when you see, like, the inside dark rooms. You know, you mentioned him at the refrigerator. Yeah. Um, but there's another scene when, I don't remember which show it is that he's getting the idea for, but his face is literally, like, bright red. Like, the color on it is so blown out.
3: Well, it's like the um, when they were doing the talking heads thing with real people, uh, uh-huh. and they showed Dick Clark. I mean, the colors are so, you know, just... It gives it this almost like not a psychedelic look,
2: but well, I was thinking it looked like like the early days of color television, yeah in a in a way, like just you know just like not a perfectly perfect quality picture yeah um yeah, yeah so there are the t- the talking heads of actual people that worked alongside Chuck Barris saying, you know I mean a lot of them saying basically they'll have they'll have little um Comments about what kind of person he was in general, or um, basically saying they don't know if he's full of shit or not. Yeah, and poor Um, Mean
3: Gene, the dancing machine. Yeah, Gene 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 dancing Dancing
2: machine. He now, I was curious why they showed what they did because they show up. Everybody else, they just show their face and their shoulders. Dick Clark looked good uh, at this time, but um, but they, you know, they they showed Gene Gene, and they, you know, they have him. Just saying that I would love to. I would, you know, I would love for Chuck Barris to have my back in a fight. He was that kind of guy. And they pan out, and he's like, they show that he doesn't have any legs anymore. Like he's got he had prosthetic diabetes limbs.
3: and had to have his both of his no. legs amputated. But I think uh-huh. it was just because, you know, he was just to show that. I mean, he was the dancing machine, and then look what happened to him. You
2: know. Yeah, I mean, it was that. Just, I'm curious if that was like, was that Clooney's way of saying, "Here's an update on." Yeah, Chuck Barris's and, crowd, and, or is if, this?
3: If you watch, I, I will say this. I know this one is on Netflix, so you don't get the the director's commentary. Yeah. But if you ever get a chance, uh, this one is because Clooney does the commentary, and it's really good. Oh,
2: cool! I have it on Blu-ray. I just yeah, I he, watched yeah, he Netflix talks
3: about why he did this and that, and points out things, and he actually talks about that. I I can't remember
2: oh, exactly,
3: cool. but I mean, yeah, he t- he tells what's going on, so.
2: So in the story, you know, um, Barris is still going about his thing. He's trying to get his foot in the door in television, and um, but he's always getting drunk. He's getting in fights. He's still kind of the just I don't know. He's an asshole, really. Um, But uh, you know, he gets his ass kicked in a bar right after they show after the Jean Jean the Dancing Machine says that he would love for Barris to have his back in a fight. Then they show him getting his ass beat (laughs) beat up, and the old tiny slide down the bar. (laughs) Yeah. Um and uh but Clooney's there watching him, and he's like, you know basically tells him you know I I could do something with you you you're the right type for me um it's almost like to- the
3: movie the Parallax view with Warren Beatty where the central or the CIA goes out and looks for these low life uh antisocial f- socially f- you know just fucked up people. Right. But they say you're they 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 kind of give them the thing like, you know, you're everything we're looking for, which is true, but <laughs> it's not a good thing. You know? Right,
2: right. <laughs> and Clooney knows a lot about him already. You know, bringing up uh stuff that somebody that a stranger wouldn't know and um the uh and Clooney plays I forgot his character's name. Jim Bird. Um Jim, yeah, Bird. He's kind of um I guess he's 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 like Barris's handler in a way. Um and it's one of those it's one of those characters that you never see. You only ever see him talking to Barris. So it could be one of those characters that could be a figment of imagination or made up entirely. Um, you know, he's a, this, he's, he's an in and out type guy. It's like he'll be there to relay a message and then he's gone. Uh, there's no contact f- between Barris and the CIA except through him. Um, and now, and you know, when he's, when he's gone, then there's all evidence is gone and no, you know, none of his friends ever saw this person. So, um, you know, maybe it's that, that could be a whole interpretation of it that maybe, you know, if it is bullshit, maybe it's just somebody entirely made up or imagined or whatever. But, um, uh, the the training sequence is pretty funny when they finally <laughs> when he finally agrees that the one drill sergeant like <laughs> chops that dude in the throat after talking about tra- crushing shit. I need another volunteer. <laughs> that guy is
3: fucking great, and I've seen him in a ton of shit. Yeah. after that, it's like on TV, I think uh, Rescue Me with Dennis Leary and several other TV shows. But he's great.
2: Um, there, you know, he gets the idea for the dating game while watching a, a guy demonstrate how to. Torture somebody's genitals with a field phone. <laughs>
3: Did you notice the uh, two guys that were the, that were training with him? Uh huh. Okay. Because <laughs> Clooney pointed this out, but um, one guy there's there's a, there's several guys there, but there's one guy that when they're at the shooting range, his uh-huh. gun jams up, and when they show the target he's shooting at, he's missing everything. If you look at the uh, the name tag on his shirt, it's Oswald. Oh. And, uh, The other guy, there's the other guy's uh, Jack Ruby, because when they go to get on the um, on the bus after the training's over and he's like, "Uh, see you later, Jack. See you later, Lee you know and they I, and if I, you look at it when you watch it if you look at it they actually look like lee harvey oswald and jack ruby
2: i completely miss that That's yeah. Funny. yeah it's
3: just one of those things i i think yeah. i probably did too but like i said when you watch the thing there's little things that Clooney threw in there just you know for shits and giggles
2: yeah um oh here we go yeah jim i had it written down i love his quote too it says uh you're 32 years old and you've achieved nothing. Jesus Christ was dead and alive again by 33. You better get cracking. <laughs> and Clooney's got a pretty great mustache in this one, um, not his normal little skinny mustache. It's actually a full, full-on stash. He'd look good. Um, but um, and he um, he he starts hopping back and forth, and he uses and it's a it's a great like. I don't know, is alibi the right word? Kind of a cover, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where he is and and it fits because he ended up being the chaperone for the dating game, because I think back when you know, in the sixties when this show would have started, that people would have a problem with two unmarried folks being, you know, sent off to bang or whatever without some sort of supervision. And um so they used that. And they had these, you know, their their vacation destination was always, where they go in this movie, Helsinki, uh, West Berlin. You know, it was always yeah, snowing and miserable.
3: I, I love when uh, the, the two people win and they're like all happy and they're like jumping up and down and they go, you're going to be sent on a, a vacation to exotic <laughs> West Berlin. And they're, and they're still laughing and then it hits them and they're like...
2: What? <laughs> what? And they stand there Dude. like shocked, and then every you know the host of the show do the big like wave kiss like they used to do. Um, Did you see uh, David Pitt? Yeah, the Damon and Pitt thing I always laughed at because this like f- this very homely, chubby guy is like totally winning this girl <laughs> over, and he's like, "Well, I would just take you home and I buy you flowers and all this stuff." And at first, the guys behind the camera are like, "Oh my god, this guy's gonna lose!" Like, you know, what a what a what a wuss, whatever. And then like they're panning across, and he's giving another one of his cheesy lines, and the girl's totally eating it up. And <laughs> the first two people at pans are the two other bachelors, uh, Pitt with a did he have a beard and uh and Matt Damon with his giant hair <laughs> <laughs> looking completely dejected and, and defeated it was awesome um well he meets um well i I skipped over the penny part he's got two women in his life and they're they're kind of like almost like opposites and it's a it's a cool little bounce back and forth because Barris lives a very well he's depressed obviously in the movie but but largely because he's now becoming just desensitized to the fact that he's murdering people. And again, we're going on Barris's word here that that's even what is happening. But um, he, um, he's got Penny, this girl that kind of waltzes into his life, and she's very, I don't know, she's kind of an airhead and kind of a fly by the seat of her pants. I'm not a big Drew Barrymore fan, but she's tolerable in this movie. Um, I like
3: when she first uh, when she first meets him and he uh, well first of he, all uh, when he was fucking Maggie Gyllenhaal she was like <laughs> uh, just kind of doing nothing she might as well have been smoking a cigarette and reading a book while he was fucking her she but, almost uh, yeah she
2: she rolled over to smoke a cigarette
3: <laughs> yeah what's her name Drew Barrymore is just one of these ones she's she's a free spirit you know sex is just like hey you know you want to go fuck you yeah know, let's let's ball I I love the term ball you can ball me if you want
2: and he's like laughs like he's shocked at first he's like uh oh, okay um because she's like well yeah I slept with a black guy last week and i had so and so and she's like and uh he's she says what uh, you're jew right and he says yeah so he's like what what off off Af- a Af- nazi G- yeah. t- i don't know what even that Askenaz- is oh and
3: he's like it's askenazi
2: yeah he says like, oh, oh i haven't had one of those we can ball if you want <laughs> ball um. <laughs> so you have her, and then you're introduced to um his well his contact, in was it Helsinki that he met her Julia Roberts? Yeah, love those movies. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, with the white thigh high or uh, calf. They dudes went up b- above her knees. You know. Oh, so. did they? Okay. Yeah. Um, and she is. There's an attraction for her. He's got the you know he's got the the almost near antisocial behavior and he he strikes out with women but he's got the free spirit penny on one side um but then he's got now Julia Roberts who understands this this isolation and this you know that she's an assassin too and she can get him in a different way so there's this attraction there and so there's a bounce back and forth and it's a it's a it's a cool little like he's kind of in the middle of both of them which I, I thought was pretty cool. Um, when they finally fuck, it was pretty gross when she started licking his face. <laughs>
1: yeah. But uh, it shows them in the
2: bathroom right before he's sticking a microfilm up his asshole. <laughs> he looks looking very uncomfortable, but um, I like the, I liked the touch of, you know, when they decide that the moment is upon them uh, and, and, they both, like, swipe their hands across the table to clear off the table. And instead of, usually what it would be is the woman crawling on all fours across the table to the guy. But instead, he, <laughs> he gets up on the table and crawls across to her. Sticks his and big she, butt out. And sticks his big butt out. And she licks his face. It was really gross.
3: She saw that big butt, and she was like, "Oh!"
2: <laughs> She's like, leave the microfilm in, yeah, baby.
3: Yeah, I'm going to pound that big butt with a strap on.
2: <laughs> or a pistol. Um, yeah, well, yeah. So, imagine um, Joy Roberts,
3: big bozo, the clown, like mouth, fucking on that big butthole. I'm just saying, it comes to mind.
2: She was good looking in this. Yeah, yeah. She had Um, she had her moments. She did. Yeah. Um, and I liked. What was that movie she was in recently? The August Osage County. Yeah. Oh, that that was good. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So really. The the meat of this movie becomes his just becoming totally and you get you get this at the beginning already when he's standing there in front of the television but just almost completely detached from his human side he's he becomes very paranoid and just kind of like uh but well i mean that's his job now is to is to murder people when he's not on the gong show you know (laughs) making fun of people and and uh, when he's like all nervous and sweaty and stuff, I thought Rockwell did a great job because I used you know, when you used to watch, and I don't know if Barris was putting on an act back then or whatever, but he'd come out with that bucket hat and the sunglasses yeah. and he would just be a weirdo, you know, like
3: I always thought sweat. watching that show even then and watching them recreate it on here that there was a lot of cocaine involved in that show. Those people <laughs> were sure. drunk and fucked up big time. <laughs> Especially him.
2: Yeah, it's a, that could have been what it was. Um, he, yeah, and they don't really go into that too much. I think he mentions drugs a couple times, but really, I mean, it's it's the the implication in this is that his his hidden life is what is really just messing with his psyche in general. Yeah. Um. There's some, uh, I love the lines, he has stuff in it, like, you know, any American would sell out their spouse for a washer dryer or a lawnmower you can ride on, or, um, you know, his kind of just, he's just very dis- disen- disenchanted with the society in general, and his uh, his on, continuing on with the game shows, he doesn't really seem to care all that much that his shows are getting canceled, and. Um I don't know it's just really interesting this like downward downward spiral he takes and his attempts at keep trying to turn it around and um there was a I don't know what exactly it was trying to say if if it was Clooney's uh anti marriage at the time views but the when there there's a wedding party leaving a church and at the same time a coffin is going into the other door <laughs> <laughs> Chuck <laughs> um, wasn't
3: the most romantic person that's for sure
2: Oh, no, no, no. Um, it's
3: like I love you in my way.
2: In my way. Yeah. <laughs> but what is what is what is traditional romance? What is that? It's all bullshit. Well, it's uh, funny.
3: You would think that uh, Penny, the way she was at the beginning, you know, that's his perfect woman. She was like, I don't care if you fuck somebody else, you know, whatever. And but then you know that never lasts. That's how they always say. But start at the start.
2: You know it's, how they are.
3: That other bullshit.
2: Um, <laughs> but uh. I like the the final right. quote of it and I'll let you uh fill in anything you want to uh with Chuck Barris's to well should I should I do that one the refrigerator quote hmm. with the the that closes the movie You can Is that a spoiler it's,
3: Yeah I mean well it's, I don't know
2: Yeah it's I'll just say it ends with a a, a pretty fantastic quote about his pretty bleak view of <laughs> of humanity in general. Yeah. And um I'm I'm really curious, like I said, I haven't read this book. I don't know exactly how it ends. Um I don't either, so. He uh if uh, if he ever discusses like exactly how he got out of the CIA. I mean, it's kind of shown in the movie, but you know, I don't know. I'm not sure. But uh what, what do you have anything to add here?
3: Well, I- <laughs> I will say this. this At one time, when this first came out, I think I saw it in the theater, and then I bought it, and uh, I've watched... I mean, I haven't watched it in a while because I kind of burn it out. Yeah. I watched it so much. Uh, at one point, this was like one of my favorite movies. Um, one thing that I like about it is uh, just the different... T- t- tones that it has. It's definitely a... a dark comedy, but it goes from some really hilarious, funny shit to some fucking
2: dark... Depressing stuff.
3: Well, not even depressing, but just like the, the whole... Assassination shit, where like when he goes down to Mexico and they show at first they just show him go down and he walks up to a guy and acts like a tourist and he's like doesn't speak English or anything. and everything mm-hmm. and then they go away from that and go to something else but later on he flashes back to what actually happens and I mean it's fucking brutal. Yeah, that and, guy just
2: begging for his life and yeah, stuff, and stuff
3: and... like that and then um um you have. Now, and it's while
2: it's while Howard was talking about remembering his right and, his and, first and kill.
3: Yeah, Howard's uh, scene where when he is with Chuck and they and they assassinate this guy, they kill this guy
2: with, this, it's with the really, cross country skis.
3: It's pretty fucking funny because Howard's yeah. like, "Take my picture, take my picture." While he's strangling <laughs> this guy to death, and he he. What, when Chuck's like, what? And he finally gets ready to take the picture. And Howard actually reaches up while he's got this guy around the neck with a belt or something. And he takes his glasses off and gives this big smile like, hee-hee, you know, while he's choking <laughs> this guy. But the some of the scenes with Clooney um, where – like like you you show Chuck uh and Clooney on the plane after Chuck does his first kill. Or right. the scene where Clooney's on the diving board. It there's I mean there is nothing funny at all. It goes to super dark, super nasty shit. Yeah, and then the next thing you know, it's Penny and Chuck, and they're fucking, or he's fucking somebody else, or they're doing something stupid. But that the whole that's the the one thing I liked about this movie was you had the ridiculousness of Chuck the the sexual you know kind of a uh pervert uh he's very immature uh, and all this shit uh even as a an adult man he's he just is almost like childlike in how he feels about sex and he's really selfish he's a fucking narcissist and all this shit but then you have that parallel life and that's what makes the story so interesting and if Chuck Barris just made all this shit up, he's a hell of a fucking fiction writer <laughs> yeah. because it's an interesting concept that you take something so silly and a person that's so fucking, you know, just a, a kind of a a gross kind of a person. Yeah. yeah. But then you have all this really dark, nasty shit that is not funny at all and there's like that parallel and you could see like I said, the movie Parallax View with Warren Beatty, um, he was a reporter who kind of stumbled on this assassination thing and to infiltrate them, he had he 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 the company that does all the assassinations, he creates this persona of being this antisocial kind of paranoid, almost like a psychopath. Psychopathic kind of personality, Mm -hmm. and gets recruited by this company, and that's sort of what they're saying here. With, and and I I think that they had to have looked at that movie a little bit, but then you know bear us with the whole inspiration for his book. Who knows? But Parallax View was probably mid early seventies, and Jim Bird, the CIA guy, is actually doing kind of the same thing where he's just, you know, finding these really fucked up flawed people that maybe are sociopaths or psychopaths. And when they tell Barris when he tells Barris about he always comes up with like you said, these little things like he calls him Strawberry Dick out of the blue. And Chuck's <laughs> like, How'd you know about that? you know? But he also gives him these these tidbits like, you know, about his dad, about his mom. And all this shit, which reminded me of uh, this is this is more for Law and Order people, but Law and Order, um, um, oh goddamn, Criminal Intent with Bobby Gorin. You know, he's he's he finds out all this shit halfway through the goddamn series that his dad wasn't who he thought he was, and all this shit, and and the pieces fall together. But I love that. I love the the the. I would like to. I, read the book i'm so backed up on books right now going to fucking yeah. wrestling and buying books and all this shit but still this is one that i would like to read i thought clooney for first time director of this was fucking excellent
2: yeah this, um, is, this is this was like you said one of your favorites at one point it, it was up there for me too i don't i don't know that it still is just because time goes by and you see yeah. so many movies but man that's i i used to love this
3: well, now, I will say this, too, that this is this is one of those ones that I watch some comedies, um, and after I've seen it, like, one time, it kind of – every time I see it after that, the funny stuff loses its effect. This mm-hmm. one isn't as much like that because it's just almost unbelievable some of the shit that he does and some of the shit that he just will say or do. Uh, I like Clooney's sense of humor you can see you know his sense of humor on this and right. in the, some of the other shit that he's done um he said that um oh, sam rockwell was the only person that he he had sam rockwell in mind for this part and he's the only person that he wanted to play this part now i have heard that they had like uh thought about johnny depp and um robert downey jr and a couple other people hmm. but he said he wouldn't have done it if he could not have got rockwell and rockwell was fucking excellent in this and he's a really yeah. good actor i like watching him and just about anything so uh,
2: yeah he's one of my favorites certainly
3: but anyway yeah i you know this is an old favorite i'm glad we watched it again because I, I actually thought i was like well i've seen it so many times Do i really need to watch it again but it has been long enough that you know i did i watched it right before we did the show and i was like fuck me it was still good
2: yeah, I had it um, as soon as it came out. I think I saw it in the theater too. Then as soon as it came out on DVD, I bought it. Yeah. Um, but then I like, bought ser- it before
3: it came out on DVD. I bought it on eBay from like Japan or something. Nice. <laughs> I still have the disc in there. And then <laughs> and then as soon as I bought it on eBay on on uh, from Korea or wherever the fuck it was from, and they sent me this, you know, the disc. Uh, I think it was only like a couple weeks later it fucking came out, and I was like, motherfucker! Nice.
2: That I- happened with me with um, Star Wars uh, Episode One. I bought a, a Chinese version of it on eBay. It was called, and it, when, it, when the disc came, when the box actually said Episode L instead of Episode, <laughs> one. episode 1. And it had burned in Chinese subtitles. Um, uh, let's see. We get our ratings here. This is, um, I mean, I don't know that I could say it. it's one of my favorite movies anymore because I've seen so many in the last 10 years. But like I said, I, I, I had this on DVD right when it came out. I actually, there was actually a big gap where I didn't see it because, um, I let somebody borrow the DVD and never got it back. So for years I didn't have it again. And I just, you know, and finally I bought the Blu-ray again and still have not, I think I bought it last year and still haven't, had not gone back to see it again. So it'd been probably five or six years since I'd even seen it. Um, but, uh, still really like this one a lot. Um, you were saying, and I agree, Sam Rockwell is pretty incredible in it. Clooney's not in it much, but I liked him a lot too. Mm-hmm. Um, and if Drew Barrymore is ever tolerable in a movie for me, that's a win too. Metal Mikey's so. <laughs>
3: woman. That's his woman. Sorry, Mikey. Well, now that he has a woman, I guess she would be his second woman.
2: His his standby.
3: Standby. Um, Drew is on standby.
2: Grace Jones He loves is her really disappointed
3: in his own way. <laughs>
2: Um, I give this a nine out of ten. I still really, really, really liked it. Mm-hmm.
3: Oh, I was going to say the exact same thing. A nine out of ten. We, we, and, and that's not like we don't agree on everything, right? What?
2: What? No, um, I did.
3: Right when you were saying that, I was thinking, okay, fucking, give this a fucking nine. You know, I figured you'd probably give it like a two.
2: A two, I yeah. Don't do, I don't. You do like tr- those I, I movies
3: did, like uh, uh, I was a teenage zombie and Chili? Like
2: I that. watched. I I bet three of those four movies that I watched in a row were all twos. They were pretty. So four if you put them all
3: together, you got a six.
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's take a break and come back and talk about uh, in
1: Bruges. We'll be right back. Hello, this is Kenny B. This is
2: Tom K.W.
1: And we are two of the hosts from the Podcast on Fire Network. You want Asian cinema in a podcast? Well, we got the solution for you. Because at the Podcast on Fire Network, there's seven plus shows for you to choose from. You want Hong Kong action cinema and audio commentaries? We got that. You want dirty Hong Kong cinema? We got that. You want the eternal question? What's Korean cinema on?
2: We'll answer that.
1: The flagship show Podcast on Fire covers classic Hong Kong cinema. Everything from Bruce Lee to Jackie Chan, John Woo and Jet Li. Featuring in-depth discussions with an aura of fun. This is your primary stop in the podcast world for classic Hong Kong cinema. So join me, Kenny B and Tom K.W and a cast of thousands at podcastonfire.com also available on itunes on stitcher radio and come chat with us on the podcast on fire network facebook group and on twitter at podcast on fire podcast on fire network it's asian cinema in a podcast
2: Like this
1: one, you know? Baby, the I, the I got a big camera hidden in your house to see what I could see. Yeah. That man you was
5: kissing last night definitely wasn't me. Whoa,
2: crunch, 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 crunch. Nom, nom. Roasted Wheat, onion, brown rice, triscuits. Yum. Chum, All right. Um, you eat a lot of Bruges. snacks. I know that. Yeah, I'm a grazer.
3: You're a snacker.
2: In Bruges, 2008. Directed by Martin McDonough. Let's see. <clears throat> Guilt-stricken after a job gone wrong. Hitman Ray and his partner await orders from their ruthless boss in Bruges, Belgium. Wait. Await orders? That doesn't make sense. Guilt-stricken Guilt- <laughs> after a job gone wrong. Hitman Ray and his partner await orders from their ruthless boss in Bruges, Belgium. The last place in the world Ray wants to be. That's a weird synopsis. I guess it makes sense. So this is starring... Colin Farrell and his eyebrows. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, some other people. Oh. Ralph Fiennes is in there. And Brendan Gleeson is the other other main guy. And some other people I don't recognize. So, Dom. Yeah I'm pretty sure you had seen this one before. What did you think of old Lynn Bruges there? That was good. Sweet. I liked uh, it too. What do you rate it?
3: Uh, give this one a... Uh, <laughs> no, this... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. First of all, people, um, I like this movie. Um, I thought Colin Farrell was really good in it.
1: Mm -hmm. Um,
3: He had a string of movies that uh, including Daredevil and uh, Miami Vice and some movies where he probably wasn't in the best of condition (laughs) and didn't really have really great performances. Yeah, um, But this guy can act. Now, this movie, uh, there are some scenes in this. Uh, another dark comedy, just like the one we just watched.
2: This one uh, certainly has, like, you don't feel as awkward laughing at this one.
3: Well, I will not, say this not about as dark, although there this is some dark movie stuff. and the last one. Um, not the most politically correct movies when it comes to the the gay culture as far as uh, letting uh, some derogatory uh, comments <laughs> about uh, homosexuals or whatever in both movies. Um,
2: I do like how he orders a gay beer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm going to have a good beer. Because well, he, he makes fun of Gleason at one point. He's like um, – uh, one gay beer for my gay friend and a normal beer for me because I'm normal. And then you actually hear him later come in, and it's kind of a – it's not a focus of the thing, but he's like, I'll have one gay beer, please. <laughs>
1: I, um,
3: I love Brendan Gleeson. He has become one of my favorite actors. I can't wait to see uh, the movie uh, Cavalry. Calvary. that's a cool it's cover
2: the, whatever it is yeah
3: though i always said there's cavalry which is the horses and the army in the old west or whatever coming or yeah. whatever and then there's calvary which was the hill or some i i know people argue with me about this okay there was a hill where jesus was crucified and it's there's a couple of different names there's Calvary, and then there's I can't remember what the other one is, but you know it's fucking who gives a shit. It's fucking made up. Anyway,
2: <laughs> Brennan <laughs> Gleeson, he's good.
3: <laughs> Brennan Gleeson is good. He is excellent in this. Um, I like the uh, the relationship between him and Colin Farrell in this. There, there are some uh, Colin Farrell. There's one scene where um, some large uh, American tourists. <laughs> uh, are going to go up in the in, in this like uh, tower in Bruges, uh, yeah. and Colin Farrell just offhandedly says, "You might not want to go up there." And they're like, "Well, why?" And he goes, "Well, look at the size of you. You're like fucking herd of elephants." He's very crude, and he just <laughs> says anything. He doesn't give a shit, which is fucking funny as hell. But when the big, heavy guy starts chasing him, it's almost like the three fucking stooges the way he <laughs> runs around and dodges this guy, and he's like, "Come on, fatty, you know, give it a rest <laughs> because the guy gets all out of breath um there's lots of stuff like that and and there are scenes in this where he's he's a street guy, you can tell, like I said, he's crude, he's a street guy he uses. You know, very politically incorrect uh, uh, terms to describe people, which is pretty fucking funny. You know, I don't give a shit. Yeah. It's funny. And um, But there's times where he really sells his kind of dumbness with his face where I can't remember what happens. And he's with this girl and something happens and he's looking over and he's kind of squinting. And like it just I, – I don't know – he really plays the ki- the part, and of course, you know it's probably not too far from you know. How yeah, I
2: think he's. I think he's.
3: He grew up around. You can say well like that. cast,
2: but I think he's accurately cast too. Yeah. Um, and like I said, like I mentioned, his eyebrows. Yeah. His eyebrows made me laugh a couple times when he does these sad face. Yeah. I'll post it on the group. His fucking giant eyebrows, like, kind of do this weird upside down V in the middle of his. Looks <laughs> <head.
1: laughs> <And, laughs> so like a big caterpillar. S-
3: now he. Uh, Gleason and okay let me let me scroll down here on this fucking turd of a fucking thing here. And of course, you know, Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson are the two stars of this movie, but when you go to IMDb, they're like this. They must I, I don't know how they fucking put people in order, but he's like six or seven down.
2: Um, yeah, who the fuck is Natalie?
3: Yeah. It's it's uh, Ray. Is that, the, and- is that the
2: That's the I don't even know who that is. I look at her picture and I don't re- Recall who that even is in the movie. Oh, that's fucking Ray F- Ralph Fine's wife in the movie. She's the first cast in the IMDb. Jesus.
3: Well, you know, IMDb. And fun. and
2: then the third cat, the third listed is Oliver Bonjour, film director, who film director you might who gonna... see for five seconds.
3: Yeah, it's five seconds. Uh, <laughs> you have Ken and you have Ray. Brendan Gleeson is Ken. Ray is Colin <coughs> Farrell, and they are. Um, Ga- you know, gangster cr- criminals or whatever, hitmen, and they are sent by their boss to Bruges, uh, which is in Belgium. You know, who the fuck would want to go to Belgium? You know, <laughs> they don't. They talk shit. Well, I will say this: they don't just specifically. Okay, Colin Farrell is really bad about fucking talking shit on Bruges and Belgium. <laughs> but well,
2: you have his, you have his voiceover at the beginning. He's like, they said, they said, get to Bruges. I, don't, I didn't even know where Bruges fucking yeah. was. And then you hear him, it's in Belgium.
3: <laughs> but they are kind of um, equal opportunity offenders to everything. And and uh, Brendan Gleeson's character, you find that out also in the bar when um, uh, he's talking to the little person, who we will refer to as the midget for the rest of the fucking review. <laughs> because or Colin should it be the Parallel. dwarf?
2: Huh? Or should it be Dwarf.
3: Well, Colin, Colin Farrell's fucking uh, um, views and uh, facts that he spews about midgets are, is pretty fucking funny. This uh, you know, <laughs> is like, you know, they all commit suicide. And I think it was that one. Okay, there was that one. And then, uh, and and, and uh, you know, the uh, Time Bandits maybe. R2-D2, he's still with us. Uh, you know, and that shit. It's just hilarious. that The banter that they have. And the relationship between Farrell, who is he he hates culture, all he wants to do is go to the pub, drink beer, and chase pussy and stuff, whereas Brendan Gleason's the older guy, and he's just like he's the typical you know older person that you know, yeah, he might drink a beer every once in a while, and everything, but those times are p- past him, and yeah. he's like, you know let's go sightseeing and and it just drives Colin Farrell crazy. Colin Farrell drives him fucking crazy the way he acts and everything, and um, you have that, and then they're stuck in this medieval fucking town that is. We were just talking about this off the air. It's. I think it would be an interesting place to see, because all these buildings are so fucking old, and if you did, you know, have a an open mind to to just go and experience something. Oh it different. looks
2: it looked really gorgeous i mean it's lit yeah. up nicely at night there's like they do well, like it uh, takes
3: place at Christmas time too
2: yeah boat tours on a they have canals through the through the streets and I don't know it looked pretty nice to me
3: but <laughs> just feral uh, Brendan Gleeson dragging him around to these places and he's looking at these these little uh uh tourist Books and magazines say, "Oh, this is a church from you know such and such." A, and Colin Farrell's like, "It gives a fucking shit. <laughs> it's an old goddamn <laughs> damp ass fucking piece of shit building, you know." So that's all. That's really good. You, the the thing about this movie though is they could have just went with that pretty much. Their relationship had them go over there for to to kill somebody or something, and it would have been funny as hell. But it does have this. It is a dark comedy, and it does have this. One thing that has happened,
2: yeah, and we we won't have to say what that yeah. is, but basically there's a botched job. Um, is it a spoiler to say which job it is for him? Uh, I guess not. It's his. I mean, it's his first one. He's right. a, and they're both they're both hitmen, and one of them goes. His first job ever just goes badly, so they're basically on the lam. They've been told by their the guy that pays them to kill people to I need you to go to you know go to this just place. Lilo um uh until this blows over.
3: But it's funny because even, you know, Colin Farrell's like, "Why the fuck did we have to come here? Why the why the you know, come all the way here? We could have <laughs> went, you know, just on the lamb anywhere, but he sends us to the, And there is, you know, Ray Fines is the boss and it's funny because the way these guys are, you know, the way he thinks there was actually this weird reason why he sent them there. Which I thought was kind of like it's like just odd that he would think that f- far ahead that he's sending there, f- sending them there for one reason. But there's this still this w- w- they're they're hitmen, they're criminals. They probably have killed, you know, several people, done all kinds of nasty shit. Who knows what? But between Fines and Gleason, there's like a there's a relationship there. Yeah, and between even though Gleason and Gleason and Farrell, to me are almost like a uh, an old married couple, the way they act together, you know, yeah. uh, they they they're
2: it almost turns into like a father son relationship. Yeah,
3: but it, it's it's funny just seeing Gleason react to him and him react to Gleason. Then you throw into the mix um, when Farrell gets involved with um, this. Just by chance, this girl in Bruges uh, and the whole the whole movie set thing and everything—it's just kind of it's it's thrown in there, but it's not. You know, when I say it's thrown in there, I don't mean in a haphazard, shitty way. It it's a it's a good thing, and it adds to the story all the it way. It makes through. it
2: almost this like surreal location that yeah. they're in. And,
3: and uh, Gleason even mentioned something about you know it's almost like a fairy tale. You know, place to be and everything, and with all the nasty, horrible shit that has happened, um, it's like they're transplanted from all that crap and all the bad stuff that happened—that was just awful—and they're put smack dab in the middle of this thing. And even though Farrell is resisting it in his own way, some really nice and cool things happen. But he still has that stuff hanging over his head in the back of his head. But yeah. while all that's going on, there are some fucking hilarious moments in this. Um, <laughs> when they're doing lots of cocaine with the the midget. And yeah, so it's
2: Brendan Gleeson and Colin Farrell. Uh, they've just snorted coke, and they're sitting in a hotel room. <laughs> when Farrell with-
3: shows up at the bar after, after the, uh, the blank gun thing, and he shows up at the bar, and Gleeson's just sitting there drinking a beer. You know, just kind of like passing the time. And Farrell shows up and he's like,
0: hey, man, what's
5: going on? <laughs> goes, I've,
3: I got uh, six grams of Coke. You've got six grams of Coke on you? No, I've only got five. <laughs> you know, that's why I'm acting the way I'm acting right now. His eyes are all bugged out and everything.
2: Uh, and they're, they're so they're sitting in this room, um, with uh, a, a midget and a black prostitute and a white prostitute, and they're having a conversation. Well, the guys are about the impending war between blacks and whites in America. And the race war. <laughs> <laughs> While the two girls are sitting there, like, completely silent and awkward, just like, what the fuck. Well, and, then, and, and I love, I love Farrell saying, it's like, well, what. Which side would the, the Pakistanis be on? Uh, the black side. What, what about the Vietnamese? <laughs> the black it's, side. It's
3: the, it's the kind of shit. It's the kind of fucking stupid conversation that you would have when you're totally fucked up or drunk or <laughs> or or smoking weed or whatever where you you take this one thing and you're just fucking <laughs> analyzing it to death and then Brendan Gleason throws in a fucking curveball which totally fucking changes the whole conversation. Right. But there is a karate chop in this that makes me fucking laugh my ass off every goddamn time.
2: That poor guy's face. Yeah. It's <laughs> so like, yeah he's like ooh no, no karate.
3: <laughs> Ew, pop. Um now and and you know, I the, <laughs> this movie the first time I saw it, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what it was or anything. And my friends, there was probably about four of us watching it, and we laughed our goddamn asses off the whole yeah. fucking movie. It became an instant classic for me and an instant favorite. And I just watched this probably three weeks ago. And so it was. It was just like um, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, where I was thinking, okay, we're going to review this, but I've seen it enough that I remember pretty much every, everything. But I still watched it, and I still thought it was funny, and I still fucking enjoyed it. Um, just that the that it, it's almost like a Reservoir Dogs or something, where you have these guys that are from the street. They are um, not cultured. They throw out uh, racial and slurs and just you know swearing and stuff like that. But they had that fucking timing with it that is yeah. just hilarious. Um, there were a couple of occasions in this uh, dealing with Americans where they kind of cut loose with some shit, uh, <laughs> and, and Canadians. Uh, the the whole Vietnamese thing in the restaurant was uh, the guy was just like, "What the." F- Where have I seen
2: that guy before? Are
3: you talking? He's been in a bunch of shit.
2: Yeah, he
3: he was in. um,
2: He's played an asshole in something. Yeah, uh,
3: yeah, pretty much in a lot of stuff. But uh, Farrell, like fucking confronting this guy, they get in an argument about secondhand smoke, and Farrell, you know, when he finds out the guy is like from America or whatever, uh, he thought he was from America, so he just cuts loose. He thinks he's really slamming. This guy by saying something about a, a Vietnamese person, I and I and, and the only thing I could think of was because America being involved in Vietnam, but the guy's totally, he's like, what the fuck are you talking about, Vietnamese? And then the guy his tells name him, is, just,
2: his name is Zel- Zelko Ivanek. Yeah, he's, he's good
3: though. Yeah. But uh, then after Farrell does what he does, you know, he comes back with "That's for John Lennon, you fuck," you know, and it's just <laughs> hilarious how they just are so nationalistic and and you know throwing that shit out there.
2: Oh, and I love um, when the when the chick stands up and swings a wine bottle at him, <laughs> and he's like yeah. a bottle, and then <laughs> he I would never hit a woman out.
3: unless I fucking come out with with a bottle. You know, there's some <laughs> shit like that that's funny. Now there were.
2: Scenes. He was in Oz. I think that might be. I remember him from. He was the, He was in the show Oz.
3: I remember. I've seen him in. And so for some reason, I'm thinking he was in a movie where he had HIV or something. I can't remember. Or maybe he's just reminding me. Was he in uh, Philadelphia with Tom Hanks? Mm,
2: let's maybe see. Not. No, um, he was in Murder She Wrote. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in one episode. That
3: was it. Uh, which Emily probably loves because she likes Angela Lansbury. <laughs> I think um I like that Gleason does almost f- start having a fatherly like uh thing for Farrell because there was a scene where Gleason is asked to do something yeah he doesn't want to do it and then he comes upon something where the whole thing will, will be taken care of and he'll be completely off the hook for what he's supposed to do, but he stops it from happening. Yeah. And then you get into that whole thing where he is – his boss wants him to do something, and morally – I think that it's just the whole youth thing with Farrell. He doesn't particularly like him, especially at first. He Farrell really gets on his nerves because he is so uncultured and so close-minded to anything like that. But I think that because Farrell is so young mm-hmm. and he's kind of has this thing uh where he's Gleason himself is thrust into this position of almost having like a godlike thing where he's put in a position to either be merciful or um be the angry hand of God and uh dole out some kind of justice where he's he kind of feels like you know no matter how awful something was that happened um at this moment in his life where he's an older guy his life is kind of passing him by uh he mentions that he his wife was an african-american lady and that I think she had died or something. So he's kind of by himself and everything that he has the opportunity to um, give somebody a second chance. Yeah. And that's a, it's a nice, I mean that whole thing. And, and I don't know if I would say it has a, I I was going to say like a Christian kind of an overtone of, uh, sacrifice, it could be any religion, I guess, but yeah, because yeah. it 's in europe and it's and they're're they're, especially there there 's one scene where they 're in a church and everything and I think some of this stuff uh just touches Gleason, he starts thinking about things, he starts thinking about life, and like i said he 's offered this opportunity of self sacrifice to give somebody a second chance. Uh, of redemption or or things like that
2: get a different start but he's like, you know i think he's tired and he's ready yeah like after he's gotten a chance now to leave he's gotten a chance to leave london and and just uh get into a a simpler place it's out of the country it's it's pleasant it you know it's, it's it's got history and i think it's a moment for him to just reflect on things and he can see that um Maybe, maybe he, I don't know. You don't, you don't get a lot of his past, but maybe he sees some of himself in right. in uh, in Farrell. In what was his name in the movie? Ray. Ray, yeah. And, and you know, he's like, well, I have a chance to give help this guy move in a different direction.
3: Well, and and you have um, in another way with Fine's character, he is even though and you see this through a lot of movies with with uh, criminals they are nasty they're bad people they prey on society but it's portrayed in a lot of movies this code and even though they are bad people whether it's yakuza or russian mafia or whatever or american mafia and the godfather uh, about you know don't you know no no selling drugs to to kids or you know, near schools and stuff like that, you have this code, and that's one admirable thing with fines. They show him as actually being a family man, even though he is a nasty killer and a bad person. He has this family, which he keeps separated pretty much. It's like a nice Christmas day, and he's got his little kids, they're opening presents, they have a nice house and everything and but you can't say that he's really wrong. For wanting to do what he wants to do, yeah, because it is kind of a you know, the thing that happened was a horrible thing. So you almost have here's Pharaoh, and then you have hand of an angry God and uh, the Old Testament God, who's the hand of an angry God, the punishment God, and then you have Gleason, who is New Testament. Jesus, redemption, forgiveness, blah 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 blah. Right? Am I going too far with that?
2: God, should I don't
3: think so. (laughs) Maybe I don't know. But anyway, he's a fat god, and you know he's sweaty, (laughs) and he's he's an Irish god. But um, so anyway, um, I'm trying to think of other stuff.
2: I I really like Fines in this. Uh, I know we've talked about him recently in um, in uh, uh, fucking God. The Wes Anderson movie, I just blanked on the name of it. Oh, uh, the Grand Budapest Hotel. Yeah, Grand Budapest. Which is a
3: good movie and not a bad movie. Which some Right,
2: not bad at is. all that some people might think it is. Um, fucking Gronk. Great movie, I'm the- sorry. <laughs> but Find is really good in this too. He is a hothead. I love his conversation over the phone at first. You don't see him for most of the movie. It's but an Gleason's- inanimate
3: object.
2: Yeah, it's... So you, you hear him talking at first and he's like, What kind of fucking idiot would think Bruges sucks? He's like it he's like, Did he talk about the lights and the bowl? And it's he, <laughs> like he reminded me in a way of um And I love Nason
3: in that scene backtracking. You know, he says that at first and then he sees how Fines reacts and he's like, Oh no, no, no. He actually at first he was like that, but now he really you know <laughs> he doesn't he's, you know, he's like, Oh, he's coming around, he really loves it.
2: But the um the later on when it shows him pissed and he just like kills his phone like murders his phone and his wife his wife comes in harry it's an inanimate fucking object and he's like you're an inanimate fucking object but i love when he calms down he's like i'm sorry i called you an inanimate fucking object
3: yeah that was kind of the rage that i had when my gps wasn't working on but i didn't smash it because it's pretty expensive so.
2: um and there's a there's a really uh almost it's a, it's a kind of a smart little scene but where it's it's meta it's where um Harry and Ray have like a standoff in a hotel with a pregnant woman between them and they plan out you know you would do this if you were trying to write the story but they plan out He's like, okay, so I'm gonna do this, and I want you to run out the door. And he's like, Okay, do I go right or left? And they're spo- they're trying to kill each other, but they're planning out which way they're gonna run <laughs> and everything. It's a weird, it's a weird, like almost almost breaking the fourth wall type moment. Um Did you did you see Seven Psychopaths? Yes. Okay, this is the same director. Um this is the only other feature length he's Sam done. Sam
3: Rockwell was in that too.
2: Yes, he was. Um go. and uh Martin McDonough, he was actually nominated for best writing for this for this movie, um, and it has a similar kind of like I don't know how to explain his the 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 tone he sets in these in in both the movies have a very similar feel to them, um, but almost like almost like we are in on the whole joke too at times, and you you get real a real sense of that with their conversation right there, and Seven Psychopaths even more so, but um. He does these kind of offbeat characters. I think will, um, you know, it makes me the the midget, uh, the the racist midget who claims, what did he say? You don't know how much shit I've t- had to take off black midgets, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that that kind of character and the you know the the Tom Waits rabbit petting character from Seven Psychopaths. You know, he's got a he's got a good sense for just like these absurd but interesting little. Side characters, the 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 poof skinhead in this one, yeah. It's like even the people on the side are are interesting to to learn about in in, in little bits. You know, this woman who appears to be this goddess, and she's there to sell coke to the, <laughs> 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 and then uh, and then I love when he finds out that. The the guy. See, I thought at
3: first when she told him, she said, "Well, what do you do?" And he says, "I kill people." Blah 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 blah. And uh, then he says, "Well, what do you do?" And she says, I, "I sell coke and heroin and pills or whatever to film crew." I <laughs> thought she was joking. You know, I thought I thought he was telling the truth and just coming out with it. But she thought he was joking, but that she was actually joking, but she wasn't.
2: I got to figure yeah. out what this guy was in this Zelczgo Ivanek. Because I swear I've seen him in something, and he was. Because you said about being sickly.
3: Mm-hmm. He looks like Flea from fucking Red Hot Chili Peppers. God, He's well, in Argo. Yeah.
2: Yes, he was in Argo, but I don't know. You know what he was in? There's a show. There was a show called um, about, It's About Polygamy. Uh, it, was, it was a Showtime show.
3: Is that the one? Big, Big Love?
2: Big Love. I think he was uh, in that, and he's really something. gross. Yes, he's in Big Love, and he's really gross in it. That's who exactly where, where I'm thinking of him from.
3: I've just seen him. I mean, he's been in a lot of stuff. Yeah, he has. Just seen
2: but you know, and when he when <laughs> when he's like, "Did you hit the Canadian?" He's like, "Canadian? What the fuck are you talking about?" Uh, like, you when you find out that he's Canadian, not yeah. American. That whole moment, but they just it's assumed
3: like assumed he was American. There's the that motherfucker. What? When they were on the train, he just. He
2: oh yeah. Out. <laughs> uh, but it's like it's uh, mcdonough's very good at making these you know we we stay we stay certainly interested in the main guys but all the guys that come in and out of the movie too add this like layers to it which i think he does very well um if i grew up on a farm and i was retarded bruges might impress me <laughs> <laughs> another great another great line um i don't have a whole lot else to add did you have anything it was good. Um yeah, see it for see it for Feral. There's uh, th- another thing I, I had, I've only I had only seen this once and I actually bought this on a blind buy from one of those bins at a grocery store when they put like $5 <laughs> DVDs like rewrapped from the back. rentals. Um this was a random buy and I loved it. I, I, I think I'd only seen it once, which is why when we announced this originally I couldn't even remember I didn't remember much about it, but I, as I was watching it I was like, "Oh yeah, you know, cuz it's 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 definitely it's definitely funny, um, but it's it's touching at times. It's good, and it's it's it's. There's some moments that are gorier than I remembered too. Oh yeah, God. Yeah. Ooh, Lots of it. lot. There's if 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 there's blood in this, it sprays. I'll just say that. It's
3: like fucking watermelon, fucking yeah, uh, smashing <laughs> blood.
2: <laughs> Gallagher and <in> a mallet. <laughs> um. So what did you rate it?
1: What.
3: I'm tempted to give this one. I think I'd give this one a nine too. Nice. I,
2: um, I, I give it. I give it an eight point five. I, I still confessions is confessions is on my well very very wide route Mount Rushmore. This is uh, this is definitely a, a with re- George a, a re- Bush a and Dick Cheney and Donald Rumsfeld. Yeah. So whenever whenever those guys are added, that's how far out this one would be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I give it an 8.5. I liked it a lot, too. Um, and Ricky I, Morton. I, 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 I own this no, one, No, 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 Barry
3: Wyndham. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Fucking Barry
2: Wyndham. Um,
3: Your hero. At least my heroes are nice.
2: Oh, and and, and Ricky Morton had good things to say about Barry Wyndham. Well. Except, except he said he used to drive really fast cars, though. And he said the one time he rode with him, he offered him a ride. And he said Barry Wyndham was probably driving 140 miles an hour on the highway. And he said... Man, I don't know if I—I I feel bad, kind of saying this, but I was so happy that he got pulled over and got a ticket. <laughs> well, you <laughs> know, like, I talked. i like, never this girl, with him again.
3: The girl I was ta- telling you about that uh, was at the wrestling show, and I said something about you know Barry Windham and how he was, and she said that he was. She goes, "I'm you know, oh, I'm sorry that happened, but you know, she said he was really nice. So I don't know. Every time she, know. maybe she I said, just
2: caught him at a bad time.
3: Yeah, who knows? He prays like God. Look at these two jerks. <laughs>
2: with your stupid mustache you fucking idiot <laughs> cool 8.5 yeah, but you know, nine. the funny
3: thing about that was we were talking to i don't know if it was snooker and then Wyndham was on the other side so w- the line was over by snooker and you were talking to snooker or something and i looked over and Wyndham was just over there by himself and the other people had moved down past him so i thought well i'm gonna go there he's just sitting there by himself and the fucker just blew me off like nothing
2: Maybe he saw my mustache and it brought some weird memory of his dad.
3: Yeah, raping him.
2: (laughs) Sorry, Barry. All right, let's take a break and we'll kind of come back and do some uh, uh, aged to perfection, I hope, feedback. Yeah, aged to perfection. uh, (laughs) And uh, then we'll wrap things up. We'll be right back.
0: One dark and stormy night in the mid-80s joe bob briggs harlan ellison and the ghost of el santo pulled a train on elvira while siskel and ebert sobbingly masturbated in the corner from that union arose the greatest movie critic and luchador that ever lived we're not going to talk about him he's kind of a dick instead we're going to talk about me el goro the stuttering movie fan and host of the talk without rhythm podcast Every week on Talk Without Rhythm, I discuss two to three movies tangentially tied together by a theme. I cover action. and the most complete fighter in the world. Sci-fi. Open the pod bay doors, hell. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Horror. Oh, no tears, please. It's a waste of good suffering. And the continuing adventures of James Spader, sexual deviant.
2: You're not worried that I'm going to fuck you, are you? I'm not interested in that, and I'm a waste. Now pull up your skirt.
0: So check me out at tworpodcast.blogspot.com, drunkenzombie.com, or subscribe on iTunes. Talk Without Rhythm, the only podcast that will not attract the world. Adios!
2: Feed sack.
1: Feed sack. Sad.
2: Maybe I should open it up on my computer screen. I got a couple to read. Oh my God, I have to read. I don't do that much these days. I'm did. i have, I'm, I'm getting far into Jackie Fargo's book, though. Dig it. Dig it. Dig it. Um, let's see. Let's turn the music off.
3: Those guys and, like to do stuff naked, that's for sure.
2: Haven't gotten to the nudity yet. He's still. We're, I'm still in the fifties.
3: They, they they were they enjoyed pranks that involved showing their cocks and asses and complete nudity I'm, I'm to st- anybody. I'm,
2: actually, I'm, I'm still in his tag team with uh, Ray Stevens. Oh. Okay. We got a couple from, um, from Armin. Oh. So <clears throat> here we go. Here we go. Dear Loaf and Zom. So, uh, Armin, I'm sorry that we haven't been playing these. This this one is almost a month old. <laughs> Dear Loaf and Zom, I hope you both are doing very well. Get out of the way. Uh, after a long hiatus of not even listening regularly to your recent episodes, <gasps> <what? laughs> uh, yeah. let alone providing feedback on some other podcast, I, I'd be classified as a date rapist. I have no idea what podcast it is. I had to <laughs> make some time to get back in touch. Uh, to make up for this a bit, I have created your apparently first iTunes review. I assume that's in Germany, because we've had a couple here, like two or three. I hope more will follow soon. Uh, I am now delving back into the pool of episodes in no order, in no regular order, and I have to say your incest episode was just killer. On the movie side, I make the jump into exploitation. I made the jump into exploitation and watched Black Caesar, Slaughter, and Three the Hard Way in nice. a couple of days. All very good. All of these were great watches after a long day of work and have an excellent 70s atmosphere, a nice short runtime, and sometimes more testosterone than, than the screen can hold. In addition, I caught up to, uh, on some more recent TV shows. I got my hand on Penny Dreadful and True Detective. Especially for the latter, I just had to know what all the buzz in the Facebook groups was about, and I'm a big fan of both McConaughey and Harrelson. A major problem these days is that if you wait too long until stuff is dubbed and released over here, there's just too high a chance of it getting spoiled. One of the many things I like about your show is that you usually manage to hold back on spoilers when you discuss your re- recent watches. I've actually stopped listening to one other podcast because they actually managed to spoil the end of Dexter for me. About, I'm about, I was about halfway through with it in an episode about some random horror movie. That pissed me off royally for a couple days. Now I'll probably never bring up the energy to watch seasons five through eight. Uh, another quite unknown British crime drama I'm currently watching is Good Cop. It's a—I know he just started a different one, too, that I can't remember the name of. Uh, Good Cop. It is a BBC miniseries about a cop performing the Charlie Bronson routine at night. The main actor in it is Warren Brown, who played Idris Elba's assistant in another cop show called Luther. Uh, I bought the newly released RoboCop Blu-ray and watched it uh, on the side while emailing. Believe it or not, I never saw the full shotgun crucif- crucifixion scene and was again blown away by this great movie. Oh, newly released. Okay. I was confused. He means the newly released 80s RoboCop, not the newly released new RoboCop. Um, even without all the sad... or I don't know. Did you see the new RoboCop? Yes. Is there a shotgun scene in that? I don't even know. I don't th- I think so.
3: I just remember when I hear shotgun scene I just remember Clarence boddicker shooting off.
2: Yeah. Uh is there a Clarence boddicker in the new one? No.
3: Uh Jack yeah. Earl Haley. Is it Haley or Healy? Haley. Haley. Healy? Haley. Haley. He like is Earl in it. He kind of plays the badass the guy but he's not no, it's not okay. Clarence boddicker
2: um, even without all the satire and subtext in this, it would be such a fun action sci-fi flick. Uh, still do not dare to watch the remake. Oh, there you go. But there's so much great classic stuff around. In the next day, I'm planning on moving into realistic spy movie territory. I finally bought Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy for a couple of euros and have ordered the original British series with Alec Guinness. Watch this the will keep series you busy first. Watch the series first, Armin, if you haven't started yes. a month ago. Um, after digesting your <laughs> incest episode, I thought... I thought about something completely unrelated to the movies and came up with the following question for you gents. Uh Uh-oh. You don't have to read the following section on air if you think it is too seedy. (sighs) Does he listen to this show? But maybe you let me know in a PM. After discussing the amazing quality of Ava Green's luscious knockers, I thought about the upper female anatomy for a while and came to the conclusion that for myself, I actually find uh, boobs more arousing when at least they are partially covered by some nice bra or the like. I don't know what it is. Maybe the push-up effect or some promise for something that can never be met by reality. What's your guys' opinion on this? Is it better with or without the bra? Okay, that was a bit weird, but the mind wanders sometimes. Hope you have a great rest of the summer. Get back in touch soon. Warm regards, Armin.
3: Okay, I will say this. I like uh, when a chick like that has big weighty boobs... And they have like a bra on, and like in a porno or something, and or even in reality when I used to actually have sex, uh, <laughs> uh, like when they, you know pulling the bra down underneath the boobs and leaving it yes. on, or I like the half kind of shelf bra where the boobs are just kind of sitting in there, but kind of like a uh, two big mounds of ice cream sitting in a bowl, <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I understand what he's saying.
2: I think I like. So I like no bra, but loose shirt. So you can either see, yeah, uh, nip through the fabric, or like like a hint of like the side boob, either on the side or actually yeah, down the cle- middle side of the cleavage. Awesome. Yeah, but uh, bare tits are always good too.
3: Wait a minute, we might have to ex- edit that out. It's kind of uh,
2: so oh, it is kind of seedy. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right, we'll do another one from Armin. He wrote. Uh, about three weeks after that. Hi, loaf and Zum. I've just finished listening to your Donald Westlake episode and really enjoyed it. I was always a big fan of Marvin and especially his role in this. Um, Besides the cool 60s atmosphere, the interesting portrayal of a tough, focused, and efficient criminal, the great John Vernon and sexy Angie Dickinson, speaking of good Mm. no-bra-side-boob, I loved Keenan Wynn and Carol Carol O'Connor in their jovial, baddie portrayals. I think it is hard to find another movie that combines artful storytelling and editing with an interesting crime story in such a cast. It's a travesty that this flick has only a 7.5 on IMDb. Both the movies I think we did this week have like a seven or seven and a half also. I still have to see the outfit, but I've already put it on my wish list uh, a couple days ago, I had an eye open or sorry, I had an eye operation f u glasses oh, and felt unease and fear crawling up when waiting for my appointment. So I got out my trusty m p three player and started listening to your show. Even the intro music already gave me a smile, and I relaxed immediately. yeah, uh whatever michael p s Hayes loves you, Armin. Whatever would happen, I would still be able to listen to you guys. So thanks a lot for this. Well, hope his eyes are okay. I haven't heard it again from him. Um, Movie-wise, I did not manage too much. I'm slowly adapting to my new eyesight at 45. I watched 300 Rise of an Empire on Blue yesterday and was, a bit against my assumptions, entertained. I have to say that I'm a fan of Sullivan Stapleton of Strike Back fame, but the main star of this one was, of course, the godly Ava Green. Yeah. Who stole the show from all muscular bearded meatheads around her.
3: Maybe for you, dear.
2: <laughs> I was very happily surprised that even she got her ta out at some point. Yeah. This is always a win. I have the impression that CGI blood got, again, a better and more... F- uh, I have the impression that that CGI blood got, again, a lot better and more physical, but still means not too much when spilled at such a... uh oh, it doesn't mean as much when spilled at such a rate without character development behind it. Yeah. I also started watching a new show called, I don't know how to pronounce this one, Helfjord? H-E-L-L-F-J-O-R-D. Helfjord.
3: Is that Belgium? I don't know.
2: According to the description, this is a kind of mixture between Twin Peaks and Hot Fuzz in a small Norwegian village. Maybe it's Norwegian. Mm -hmm. Um... It's far too early to say something, but the humor is qu- quite rad in this one. I liked the I like the main actor, a policeman who was sent to a remote village because he killed his police horse in front of many spectators by shooting it, hitting it with a tuba, and finally running over it with a car. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> this is quite over the top material, but I had to laugh out loud a couple times during the first episode. The writer of this show is Tommy Vercola, director of the Dead Snow of De- the Dead Snow movies. Oh, I didn't know there was more than one Dead Snow movie. Tonight, I will watch Dark of the Sun. This was advised by El Goro on an earlier episode, either on either your or his podcast. Rod Taylor and Jim Brown as mercenaries in the Congo, chainsaws, diamonds, and a train. What could possibly go wrong here? I would like to, I would really like to participate in an upcoming roundtable about Snow Piercer. <laughs> the flick has surely made, or surely many details worthy of discussion amongst leftist moviegoers as ourselves. Yeah. Wait, leftist radical. All the best from Germany, Armin. Thank you, sir.
3: You know something yeah. I've noticed uh, in a few movies lately and Tom Savini would be rolling over in his grave if he was dead <laughs> is that um I've seen some blood in some movies lately and it almost looks like fucking iodine. It's it has too much of like a almost an orangish color where and I did read where Savini said that where people get it wrong is uh on camera if he,
2: they make it too red.
3: He puts um like some like green coloring in it, which makes it when it's filmed. Even when he's looking at it, it might not look right. But when it's filmed and on the screen, it looks right. Right, this shit looks fucking. It uh, like I said, like iodine or whatever. It's it well, really looks like shit.
2: A lot of people now are using CGI in it too because it's so much cheaper. Yeah, and sometimes it. It's a little too obvious, and it makes it look like it looks like cartoon. Most of the damn Trejo movies I'm watching these days. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Especially like the blood. The blood I can forgive. What What really does it is like when somebody does like an impalement or something with CGI. Oh, it looks so bad. Ugh. Um, all right, we got a couple of audio feed sacks. This one was sent all the way back on July 10th. Here we go.
4: Hey, here we go. this is the Zero. Hi, Sylvester. Hey, uh, you, know, you guys are talking a lot about fucking like, Expendables 2. You were reviewing that Indian movie, you know, fucking week, you know? <laughs> I could tell the anticipation's building up for Expendables 3. That's great. I'd love to hear that shit, you know? And, and I know it has got Zob's favorite guy there, Mel Gibson. Zob's always talking about Mel Gibson. You know what? He's in it, he's got muscles, you know, your favorite things, you know, guns, muscles, Mel Gibson... Fucking, all the M's. That's your free M's right there, you know? And a lot of people would be like, Fly, you know? Incredibles, you know? Fucking, this shit, just I mean, fucking action movie watches The Raid number two. <laughs> well You know, I, I'm i like, what? what the fuck, you know? First off, this movie's a piece of shit. It's fucking like almost two hours long. It's too fucking long for a movie, you know? Fucking... Next up, you look at the main fucking guy in there, you know? He doesn't have big muscles. He doesn't use a big machine gun, you know? What kind of action movie is that, you know?
2: He might be right. That's fucking
4: shit, you know? Expendables, we got about 20 fucking big muscular guys, one muscular woman, with fucking big guns, you know? That's where it's at. That's a fucking action movie, right there, you know? (laughs) Fucking Expendables free, it's coming. August, you fucking... I'm so pumped for this movie. Everyone's going to love it. Is that really Uh. coming out soon?
2: Uh. Uh. Is that really coming out soon? Um, I feel like like 2 just came out like last year.
3: It's coming out... uh, September, maybe? August? No, it's August now.
2: Sly just said August. Shit.
3: Yeah, I think it is. Well, shit. They had to rush that turd to the fucking uh, (laughs) theaters before any of those guys died.
2: Oh, Turf. yeah! They'd probably sell more tickets to it if they did die. They had to rush filming it. They could have done. They could have done extra CGI blood in post production, though. All right, last feed sack. This might be a long one. Relax. Sit back. Enjoy.
5: <laughs> it is the Cinemaster's birthday, and there's only one way to celebrate it by watching a little film called Ginger Dead Man vs. Evil Ball. That's right, the cinematic is back, as is the Ginger Dead Man. And, you know, it would be weird to say I'm disappointed in a movie called Ginger Dead Man vs. Evil Ball. I guess it
2: didn't have enough talking uh, dogs in
5: it. You (laughs) know, I'm disappointed in a movie called Ginger Dead Man vs. Evil Ball. Now... Well, I did uh, read quite a bit about Dead Deadman, 3, Saturday Night Cleaver on the Selling Gold podcast. I think it's common knowledge that I enjoy these films in the most would say so bad it's a good way. I say fun failure because for me, even with some movies like this that are clearly self aware uh, that they're bad, I'm still laughing at them, not with them. Uh, same with Sharknado, and probably I'm going to get around to watching it Sharknado too. Which, okay, I get your little joke, but you're not doing the joke well. I'm actually laughing at the stupidity nine times out of ten of your own jokes. Uh, just, like I said, with all the stupid one-liners and now Juju Man 3 and just all the goofiness. And, you know, I think that might be the big problem with this uh, this film, this uh, crossover with the Evil Bong franchise. But there's not enough...
2: <laughs> evil Bong franchise. Stupidity,
5: just a lot of evil Bong? Stupid stupidity, if yes. that makes any sense. Oh. And you know what the main issue is? I don't really like the Evil Bong films. I've only seen the first two. Uh, first one, because, hey, it's not an Evil Bong uh, and it had Tommy Chong and one they that good. You know, I only remember why I watched the one. well, okay, I hate myself, that's why I watched the second one. But I did, but I never even really bothered with the third, which is fine because this movie catches you up on all the well, at least all three of the Evil Long movies and then uh short clip of Gary Busey and the first Ginger Dead Man. Yeah, for an eighty four minute movie they waste at least ten minutes, if not more, uh showing flashbacks to previous films. Yeah, it may be nice to catch everybody up, but uh, yeah I'm pretty sure anybody's sitting down to watch Ginger Dead Man versus Evil Ball. Either has already seen those films or isn't really going to care about the continuity of them. And uh, we'll understand that you have a, co- a cookie, a killer cookie, and an evil ball going at it, which that's the other thing, man. I'm going to jump ahead uh, a little bit. That's the biggest thing They really don't have a fight. I know there's no real conceivable way you could have an evil ball and take on a Juju Jet, man. But they could have been a bit more creative. They kind of were going in that direction. Uh, I guess the idea of the evil bong to smoke out of it, uh, <laughs> it puts you into, uh, your wildest dreams, but then it twists and turns into a nightmare, yada, yada, yada. So, the gingerbread man gets sucked in there, uh, buh, buh. Uh, but all that really <laughs> happens to him, I'm going to spoil bah. the movie for those that, uh, you know, are afraid of spoilers for this movie.
1: Then I, then I twist this guy's wrist,
5: but so so the Gen Man goes in there, the two heroes escape. Uh, one escapes with the uh the uh, the hero of the first Ginger Man movie, and they end they leave as if they're a couple, which doesn't make sense because it's pretty clear from the beginning of the film that he has a fiance and uh they seem happy, but whatever, who gives a shit? Um the only reason I remember that chick was because of her uh uh name credit at the end of the film, so which the credits are going, so maybe I'll get an Anderson's credit like I didn't guard into the galaxy. Anyway, I digress, back to where I was going. So the Dinja Dead Man Cookie himself goes into the, the little world of high anxiety, uh, what have you. Uh, he meets up with the King Bong, which was in the second or third film, like I think the second one, which oh is Evil Bong headmaster, uh, who just talks like a gangster, because that's not. That's uh, <laughs> uh, the last scene's credits. The Dinger Dead Man riding on the Evil Bong. Uh, that really wasn't anything special. I seen on the poster. Fuck you, Full Moon. Anyway. Um, Mary I? Full Moon threw me off. He, who knew a cookie uh, riding on bong would throw me off? Um, okay, anyway, Evil Bong, uh, uh, Head Bong, whatever the bull, King Bong, whatever the fuck they called it. Uh, he talks like a gangster. Uh, he has Poontang Warriors or whatever the fuck they're called. They're women that have no tops on, but for some, for some reason you can show breasts, but you can't show the pussy, or the Poontang in this what? case, which kind no of reminds you know, see the Poontang's fight, but I digress. That's what I want for my birthday. A little bit of the Hamilton Poontang Pi. Again, I digress. <laughs> that,
3: he can't can give up all the Hamilton.
5: That's what these movies do to me. You guys know you were there for the third Ginger Dead Man film. So, we get uh, the Ginger Dead Man going in there. Uh, he meets up with one of the characters named Rabbit, who just enjoys being in there because he gets to get high. So it kind of makes you wonder why the hell this is supposed to be a bad place. And it makes it look like the, the Poontang Warriors are going to take care of him. Uh, the heroes uh, get out of the place, escape uh the evil ball makes a laugh, oh, like, oh, I'll take care of him, yada 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 and it just cuts to him uh happily smoking weed in the high anxiety area. So that's all that's your fight. And I guess maybe if we're gonna have a second one coming and teaming up but I don't really care. But yeah, there's no like fight. And the other problem is in this is what with the uh Evil Bong is the reason Evil Bong films are boring is because at least for the the killer cookies you're dead man, it's a flash movie just for the killer cookies. So the insanity of that and at least with the third film the pasting and just throwing it around, all the corny puns. Yeah, they're horrible, but I laugh at the stupidity of them not with them at them, such as the, instead of getting a bone or an erection, he gets crushed. Yeah, it's stupid, but I'm like, oh, I can't believe that <laughs> you're a stupid shit. That's Jesus. what I'm finding funny about it. And mean, if I was in the green zone, preferably up to a we called call it evil. Well, maybe i would actually, I don't know. Yeah, I'd say both test it out, but I'm not even going to wish this upon you, Loaf. I like it too much. I like to choose. I mean, you guys don't have to watch it, that's why I'm recapping, man. I'm taking one for the team. Uh, but you know, that's the problem with the Evil Bong films is there really doesn't—at least with the Ginger Dead Man cookie films—it's Flasher, it's move quick, all the puns. Evil Bong it kind of gets slow because I can't believe things, but a full really movie has to focus on the characters because the Evil Bong herself doesn't really do much until um, so you get in her little world, and even then, like this one, it can be kind of creative but the only real creative thing they do Wait, is did. Wait, did he say her? Dead is man, Evil Bong a chick? they had like a council of other pastries. Mm-hmm. Um holding him on trial, and we 're going to kill him and bite off his balls or something, uh but he promised never to kill again the one one of it fell forth and let him go, and uh, it 's stupid and it's it 's not a fun failure, and that sounds weird, obviously there's only two rages this film would ever get for me an F which it is getting or an mm-hmm. the fun failure, which I love fun failures because again, I have so much fun in the uh, the atrocity of these films, or even when they 're supposed to be intended to be such as this. And I really didn't get it that much. I mean there's some like weird proclaimities. There's a uh, I don't think I'm using that word right. Um, anyway. There's a uh I guess little person I don't think he's that small, but they kinda of pretend to be a midget or like a little person. Uh but he's wearing an eye, uh, that's the main guy who sells weeds, uh drug dealer worker. Uh he wears an eye patch and he sounds like Vern Troyer, but again it's an, until I realized that they were supposed to be kinda of small. Like he's a smaller guy, but I don't think he's like a little person. I think he's just kinda of like five foot yeah. <laughs> It's Not like he's Vernetorial size. So he's just annoying, not funny, though but it's kinda of nice to see a bomb go well, see the remnants of a bomb going through his head. But that's it, you get the bomb through his head and then the two pastry shop workers who just get stabbed with an axe and I think a knife and that's it. For me and those aren't good. I just I didn't have fun with this. You want? kind of funny thing uh the funny thing was uh, I think it changed up look the look of the Jin man a bit. I don't remember having Dared Busey buck And it is kinda of funny because Dared Busey was only did the voice for the cookie in the first film. He obviously isn't returning for this uh crossover outside of a quick flashback. But whoever the actor's name is in the middle of his name, uh they had Busey as his middle name in the same quotations. Um so yeah. I guess I'm not gonna I don't know. I may even talk talking longer about this than I thought, but I don't think it's going to be a twenty-minute call because there's really just not much to go over. And in a weird way, I am disappointed in a movie called Ginger Dead Man versus Evil Ball. What is right to come to when I can say I am disappointed in a movie called Ginger Dead Man versus Evil Ball? Why did I spend my birthday watching this? I was wait. That's right, because I'm a cinematicist, and uh, you guys love me or hate me. We're up the ladder. So I'm going to let you guys uh, stop making fart noises over this and uh, <laughs> talking over this as you briefly should, and uh, probably says, wrap up and go to bed. Thank
2: you. He said he's going to let us stop, stop making fart voice. noises, though. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, evil cookie. Nice. It. Justin, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry you spent your birthday with that
3: <laughs> evil dead cookie or evil um, whatever
2: we, uh, <laughs> we love you buddy but damn <laughs> um so next week on the show um we are doing gronky's picks from a couple weeks ago a yeah, couple uh, cyber pumpkin movies not pumpkin um, we're doing Strange Days. <laughs> More finds. I think five out of our last six weeks have he could finds be a
3: Patron Saint.
2: Yeah, I like him. We'll do, we'll do all six Harry Potter. Wait, how many Harry Potters are there? We'll do all of them all at once. Um, so, yeah, Strange Days from 1995. Jesus Christ, it's two and a half hours long. And we'll do <laughs> Johnny Mnemonic from 1995 as well. Uh, That one's only an hour and 36, so I already like it better. It has Dolph Lundgren, (laughs) too. Uh, (laughs) um, So, yes. Johnny Mnemonic and Strange Days for next week. Uh, You can always send us Feed Sack or Evil Cookie Dead Cookie uh, reviews to 206-339-1600 or Podcast at gmail.com. Find us on iTunes and Stitcher and uh, our website at silvaandgold.com and join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Gold. yes ah. thank you everybody for sending feed sack Silver. and um, I think that's about it for us this week Yeah. Hey, hey you got anything else
3: no a little all
2: right until next week, uh. or next time, this is a loaf oot.
3: oot.
0: Bye bye. Uh.